93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. And today is Friday, November 8th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. A teenage girl is under arrest after a man was found dead tied up to his bed inside of a home in the Fox Chase section of Philadelphia earlier this week. The discovery was made on Tuesday at 3 a.m. at a home in the 8400 block of Algon Avenue. Police found the victim, who friends identified as Al Chernoff, partially tied to a bed with a massive head wound and slashes to his chest. Sources say that he was attacked by a two-by-four board with nails and was pronounced dead at the scene. On Wednesday, the 14-year-old suspect was seen on video released by police wearing a black jacket, long-sleeve pink top, red sweatpants, and white shoes work walking around Chernoff's home. Sources confirmed that the team, uh, the teen was with her attorney on Thursday night when she surrendered to police in connection with his death. I did a double take when I caught the headline of this story. You know, just yeah. to make sure that I heard I things correctly... That a 14-year-old girl being arrested, now obviously it's under investigation, it could mean anything, but you're talking about a 60-year-old Army veteran uh, tied to a bed and a 14-year-old being arrested, that sounds, there's going to be a lot of details that need to be hashed out for this. Yeah, as we were saying earlier though, Preston in the office, it's like this is uh, none of this, I mean it's horrible from the beginning and now it's becoming even more horrible and more convoluted. Yeah. 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 She has not been formally charged. Uh, Chernoff was an Army veteran and an employee at the Philadelphia International Airport. Friends say uh, his life outside of work was dedicated to helping felines in need. A woman was shot while answering the door on Thursday night in West Philadelphia. According to police, it happened at 710 in the evening on the 5800 block of Walton Avenue. Police say the 22-year-old woman was shot once in her chest upon opening the door by an unknown man. She was rushed to the hospital where she later died. Police say there was another woman and children at home at the time of the shooting. No description of the shooter is available at this time. Anyone with information is asked to contact police. Upper Darby Police Superintendent Michael Chitwood is retiring. Mm. After 55 years in law enforcement, he is retiring his badge. The man who once said retirement is not in my vocabulary will turn 76 years old in January. For the last 14 years, he has been the man who speaks bluntly on behalf of the Upper Darby Police Department. He's known for his colorful way with words when describing criminals and their actions. Chitwood began his career with the Philadelphia Police Department in April of 1964 and went on to become the department's most decorated cop. He led a team of homicide investigators that would implicate cult-like figure Ira Einhorn in a cold case disappearance of Holly Maddox. Chitwood was then the chief of Middletown Township Bucks County Police Department and later in Portland, Maine, before moving to Upper Darby. To this day, Chitwood says that he loves what he does as much as he did when he started 55 years ago. Chitwood says that he's not being forced out, although it will be difficult. It's just time to go. The highly revered superintendent's last day will be December 1st. So if he retires, though, he can still do consulting and uh, his his knowledge of all of this is uh, invaluable, so I'm sure he might do something like that, not unless he completely wants to disconnect. No, I don't think so, Steve. So he says he doesn't know what he'll do next, but he's going to do something. All right. In sports this morning... Sean Couturier scored on a shot from the slot that trickled past Canadians goalie Carey Price just 55 seconds into overtime to give the Flyers a 3-2 win over over Montreal last night in South Philly. They did it! 
The Flyers have rebounded from a slow start to earn a point in their fourth straight game. Phil Myers and James Van Riemsdyk also scored, and Carter Hart stopped 22 shots. The Flyers are off to their best start at home in 12 years at 6-1-1 and best start overall in eight years at 8-5-2. They're on the road tomorrow night with game in Toronto against the Maple Leafs. The Sixers wrap up their road trip out west with a game in Denver tonight against the Nuggets. They are 5-0. After a 5-0 start to the season, the Sixers have lost two games in a row. Tip-off tonight is set for 9 o'clock. And then in baseball news, a week after winning the Gold Glove Award, Phillies catcher JT Real Muto won the National League Silver Slugger Award. Real Muto ended... Uh upsetting career highs and slugging home runs, RBI doubles, runs, and walks. It's his second straight Silver Slugger Award. And that's what I have for you this morning. Thank you very much, Kathy. We are set for a uh, big, fat, juicy Friday morning. Man. Oh, we well some, put. We got some good stuff set up for today. First of all, we'll give away a Word of the Week prize at the end of the program. Tickets to see Tool, November 18th. By the way, these are all sold-out shows. Uh, the Struts on December 28th and Greta Van Fleet, December 29th. That's a nice, juicy package right there. Also, we have uh, one of the best guests you could possibly have, especially on a Friday, because it's just fun. Kevin Smith is going to be stopping by in about an hour. Yeah. He's scheduled to be coming in early. Uh, So we'll have Kevin stop in, and you can talk about anything with Kevin. So uh, he's obviously going to be... Promoting Jay and Silent Bob, uh, the reboot is going to be in theaters coming up on the 29th. You know, he's doing. They're they're doing a thing like they used to do years and years and years ago. Like there's a producer named William Castle where they'd sort of go around and open the movie in different markets mm-hmm. and do like these 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 whole you know these stage things and all that stuff. And that's what he's doing. And if you follow him on social media, they're having a blast. Yeah, it's just awesome. So is that is that what he's in town for? Did they? Uh... Well, he did um, a screening uh, last night, like two screenings, two them, yeah. and then uh, I guess like maybe a Q and A afterwards. Yeah, yeah, nice. Well, that's cool. He didn't have to stop by here today. No. He's going to. That's uh, he's he's a great guy. So we're happy to have him by. Uh, from the Eagles, Mac Hollins is going to be stopping uh. in. Yep, he's he's got a book reading. <laughs> At uh, Shakespeare and Company yeah. uh, in Rittenhouse on Monday. So a lot of people don't know Shakespeare himself played football. Uh, I did yeah, not. Yeah, I yeah, was not aware. Yeah. That and he so there's did a that. crossover. He also, by the way, like Mac will walk around the Eagles Clubhouse, Novacare Complex, like he's Bell from Beauty and the Beast. Like he just walks around with like a book, in yeah. A dress. yeah, yeah. There's a story not about. A dress. <laughs> there's a story about that, and we'll talk to him about it as to why he he. Reading has become a big part of his life. I love life. that. Yeah. So he's stopping in today, and we are going to have the largest pizza in the entire world. <laughs> Renzo and Sons are going to be stopping by today. You know, Preston, that's where they cleared out that room out there. Is that so why it is? That's why all the furniture's gone? They took all the furniture out. Just so we can fit the freaking we'll pizza. T- we'll take a picture to show. Uh, so we'll do some uh, giveaways. We have some gift cards in conjunction with that. And they're, they're going to bring in more because... Uh, their newer locations have more to offer than just the cheese pizza, which has been the uh, the history of the of the organization or of the of the uh, the restaurant. And uh, so we're going to have some stuff like their their cheesesteak pizza, what? and they have wings and focaccia pies and stuff like that. So yeah, we'll get to try some different stuff uh, from Lorenzo's, which you can get definitely at their Westchester location. So they're stopping in today with some goodies. So our guests get it, we get it, and you get some. Uh, some giveaways with that, so everybody everybody wins. All right, um, these things and more are coming up. We got stuff to give away. In fact, we'll start that with the stupid question. When we get back, uh, we will have uh, some entertainment stories to roll out as well and begin this Friday morning. So make sure you stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. Not only can you- 
hear Preston and Steve, you can see them too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Hi, I'm Steven Singer, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. What does this mean, I Hate Steven Singer? Well, for starters, my competition really hates me. Watch as we get closer and closer to Black Friday. All my competition will start having their crappy sales. I must be in a business of idiots. What magical, mystical thing happened that made this diamond ring 70% less? You're just too smart to buy this crap. Buy real jewelry from a real jeweler. Come to Steven Singer on Jewelers Row. One place, one price. Or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So, stupid question this morning. Going to do an art question. And we're going to give away a four-pack of tickets to join us for the Preston and Steve night at uh, Happy Place. Lots of fun art at that event. Uh, next Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. at the King of Prussia Mall. So the question that I have for you is about uh, Edgar Degas. Yes. Uh, Degas, what affliction ended his painting career? Hmm. 215-263-WMMR. He had a, he had a physical problem. Uh, that caused him to uh, to give up his uh, his painting career. What was that? Two one five two six three WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer. Uh, go through some birthdays while we're waiting for your answer to come through. We'll begin uh, today. By the way, is Friday, November eighth. Courtney Thorne Smith. Oh, always liked her. I yeah. did too. In fact, the first time. Well, I saw her, there was uh, summer school. Right. That yes. was the, so the first time I saw her, and then I saw her again. Uh, she played a. a Lakers girl on L.A. Law and her love interest was one Harry Hamlin. I mainly remember her from the bikini scene in uh, Revenge of the Nerds 2. That's a good scene. Nerds in Paradise. They're on the beach and uh, I was like, oh, Wow, she's got those. Yeah, uh, yeah, she's uh, and and she was Allison on uh, on Melrose Place and uh, Ally McBeal. And, World according uh, to Jim. Yeah, right? yep, she's uh, fifty two years old today. Haven't seen her in a while. She'd be perfect for you know like Hallmark stuff. I would yeah, think, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, actress Emmy winning actress uh, Alfre Woodard is awesome. Uh, Sixty seven. Yeah, she's been in a lot of great stuff. I did a uh, riverboat cruise with her. There, there, that show Memphis Beat that was on for, yeah. for a season or two, and uh, yeah. I got to go down to Memphis for a junket. Man, was she a classy lady. She was so nice, really easy to talk to, and uh, just a very impressive person. You know, it's funny you stop and think about the, the money they spend on these junkets and all that stuff, and they they blow all this stuff trying to promote, which is a, a, a good show from what we could tell. Yeah, it was. But it, you're right, Steve. I mean, it's a lot of money to bring in a lot of yeah. different radio people from around the country, and then the show lasts two seasons, <laughs> and then they go on. But I had a good weekend. And I got to meet her. She's 67. Uh, Tara Reed. Oh. It's Tara's birthday Happy today. Birthday hey. to you. <laughs> yes. Happy birthday to me. It was kind of a scratchy voice. Uh, but... I had a junket uh, encounter with encounter oh, yeah. with her as well. Oh, for in... Van Wilder. Yeah, Van Wilder. I was right, down yeah. in Panama. <laughs> Panama did, Beach or Panama City. What did you say called? she was one of the most beautiful people you'd ever seen? Just like, yes. And and, and so when she started screwing with She's him, tinkered like, with it. She also used to be, if you remember, she had a little meat on her bones, which I thought made her look even more attractive. Yeah. But then she ultra thinned up, and in fact, she had a um, a botched uh, liposuction. Remember, she had to have that corrected, and yeah. a botched boob job. Yeah, and a botched head transplant. <laughs> uh, and now she's with the uh, uh, the Sharknado movies, right? Shark- That's yes, been her thing. Now I haven't heard uh, plans on the next Sharknado movie. I know that uh, Ian Ziering is producing his own series. Of shark of shark type films, yeah. yeah, different movies though. A friend of mine worked with her on a movie set and like loved her. Became yeah. friends oh, with yeah. her. Said she was really nice. Yeah, okay. She's forty four today. Uh, Parker Posey is always loved her. Just hilarious uh, in the in the Christopher Guest movies, Best in Show, oh. Mighty Wind, Waiting for Guffman. 
Uh, but she's obviously been in a bunch of other things as well. Uh, she's uh, 51 today. You just made me think. We've been speaking about Rachel Lee Cook, Preston. Yeah. She actually is in a Hallmark movie they're, at, they're advertising. I, I read that not yeah, long ago. Yeah. So she's, and she looks great. Has, she no, looks she, great. Good. I'm yeah. happy to hear that. Uh, Leif Garrett, oh, the 1970s teen heartthrob. You ready for mom? Is 58, yep. And one of, probably the best behind the music. This That's an old show for those uh, who are younger. That was on VH1. And it was probably the best behind the music ever. It was unbelievable. Yep. And uh, and then a couple of years later, he came by and visited our studios. He tried to get a music career going. It just wasn't working. He, he had a bad morning on our show where he tried to sing... A Nirvana song with a member of the Melvins who actually, Kurt Cobain used to be a roadie for the Melvins. So, so he had was, some pedigree. Yeah, exactly. So they uh, they were they were doing Smells Like Teen Spirit. It was terrible. It sounded terrible. He knew it sounded terrible. He left after the interview and went and sat in our stel- stairwell with his, ha- his head in his hands. Mm-hmm. And- he was actually kind of weeping, and we sent one of our interns out to comfort Kristen, him, yeah. Kristen. I wasn't there that morning. I, was, yeah. I had you to weren't? pay off. Yeah, yeah. I oh, Casey, it, it was unbelievable. And we were like, I- and he knew it, and the Melvins were kind of laughing and like, and I, no one, no one thought of this as a, as a pivotal career moment, but uh, I guess he did. And I'll never forget it because we didn't have a delay on our microphones on our broadcast. And F, right after he finished singing, he knew it was bad, and he goes, "That sucked, werewolf." See, oh, oh my god, and and said it. Oh my god, it was a bizarre <laughs> comment, but I'll never forget. Well, it. One of yeah. our though in our broadcast history, one of our most um, <laughs> profound memories. It we, we just were looking at each other like, "What is going on?" Yeah, yeah. Um, but happy you can, birthday! <laughs> you can't get away with that because werewolves aren't real. So you're allowed to say the C yeah, word C-C after. will yeah, yeah, yeah. let you give oh, yeah. uh, oral to fictional creatures. Yes. <laughs> or not many people were listening back then because <laughs> yeah. it was just the beginning of our radio show. Uh, Leif Garrett's uh, 58 today. Uh, the great Bonnie Raitt, uh, singer, songwriter, guitarist. Uh, she's 70 years old today. I'm kind of like your uh, your uh, sister, Preston. I, I listen to uh, that that Bonnie Raitt song. I can't make you love me. Oh my gosh! Moan. Yeah, all, yeah. The, all the time. Like, mm-hmm. love, I also love Bruce Hornsby too. You got to be in the right m- yeah, the yeah. right mode because that's a slow song. Uh, Bonnie Raitt is 70 today. Jack Osborne. Uh, he is obviously Ozzy's son. What's his health situation? He oh, has. I don't know. He has uh, something. He's MS, doesn't he? I think he does. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. No kidding. Wow. Uh, well, he is uh, celebrating his 34th birthday today. Uh, then you have Gordon Ramsay. Uh, Gordon Ramsay, of course, of Hell's Kitchen. He is 53. I like the guy a lot. He's on about 5,100 separate shows. I mean, he's just all over Fox. He's all over. Plus, he has shows that air in the U.K., and they're they're sort of versions of each other, but he is for all that stuff in Hell's Kitchen. He's a good he's a good host. Last birthday I saw is one Mr. Tom Anderson. Tom was your very first friend on MySpace. Oh yeah, uh, Tom is a co-founder of that. And I I was thinking back lovingly of of MySpace when that came out. It was so cool. It was a softer time, wasn't it? And it was uh, it was the first. It was for many people. For me, it was the introduction of social media. Yeah, yeah. Didn't understand it. Facebook ended up eclipsing it. But at the beginning, it was all about MySpace. And then Tom's picture was also sort of like a not a very well taken picture where he's, no. yeah, it was he's, he's by a computer. Yeah, yeah. It's just like hey, he's my buddy. Yeah. Uh, so he's celebrating his forty ninth birthday today. All right, we'll see. If somebody knows the answer to this, what affliction ended uh, Degas' painting career? Degas! Ah, Degas! <laughs> oh <my God. laughs>
<laughs> I'm so glad it sounded exactly like that. Do it again. Do it again. Degas. <laughs> it's Degas. <laughs> no. Degas. Degas. <laughs> That one worked. That it one worked. worked. It worked. It worked. Right. You, nice. you, you, you scored one there. High five all around. All right, let's see if we can get an answer to the question. I'm going to go. I'm going to. I'm going to go to Scott. Hey, Scott, how you doing? Scott, are you there? Scott! Yes. All right, Scott. Uh, what ended <laughs> painting career? They got morning. This is eyesight. Eyesight. Oh, yes. Blindness. Yes! He went blind. Not a tough for a painter. And uh, Scott, since you got that right hang on the line, we are going to get you a board pack of tickets to join us for President Steve Knight at the Pop-Up Phenomenon Happy Place. And it's in the King of Prussia Mall, Thursday, November 14th, 6 to 8 p.m. It's uh, the interactive immersive exhibit. It features more than 15,000 square feet of playful spaces and cheerful moments. It's been called... The most Instagrammable pop-up in America. And tickets are on sale now via happyplace.me. It's here through January 5th. And it's in the space where J.C. Penney was inside the mall. President uh, Degas should have gone on to doing sculptures because I saw an inspiring uh, Lionel Richie video. Oh! <laughs> where a, a blind girl he did didn't a sculpture even... of Lionel Richie himself. He didn't even consider it. It was amazing. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Jerry Seinfeld uh, and Eddie Murphy go way, way back. The yes. two comedians have similar life milestones. As Seinfeld mentioned, when he honored Murphy at the Wall Street Journal Magazine 2019 Innovator Awards on Wednesday night held at the Museum of Modern Art. He said, Eddie and I started off in stand-up comedy the same week at the same club in 1976. Wow, he just he did a uh, Comedians in Cars uh, with uh, Jerry Seinfeld, and it's really good. Uh, Seinfeld recalled before presenting him the award, he's, he also joked that Eddie, he, he added, uh, Eddie Murphy is not an innovator in the same way Moses was not an innovator <laughs> of walking through the Red Sea. When Moses walked through the Red Sea, other people didn't go, oh, I see how you do it. Uh, Murphy quipped back at Seinfeld saying, you're a mensch, Jerry. Mensch is a good thing, right? Yes, it is a good thing. No, that's, I'm, I'm quoting. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm quoting. Your acting is so good. He said, you're, so a, good. you're a mensch, Jerry. Mensch is a good thing, right? Uh, Murphy was uh, just getting back from the set of Coming to America 2. Uh, said he was running on three hours of sleep. So he's um, uh, Eddie Murphy's on a nice career uh, high because he's got uh, that Dolomite movie. Have you hey, watched buddy, that yet? I haven't. I haven't had a chance to see okay. it. Yeah, I watched the the lengthy, the longer trailer of it, and it looks great. So. I, I lo- we, we used to play Dolomite clips all the time. Yeah, yep. Yep, there was uh, something on social media. It was around the whole coming to America too, and it was Eddie Murphy, Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, like all these guys were there. I'm like. Oh my God, I'm so excited! Well, he's reached. He's yeah. reached. I mean, he's always been at sort of an iconic level, but now he's he has that sort of reverence that you get for a uh, yeah. He has a long and storied career. I love I love the fact that the Wall Street Journal gave him this award because in the movie Trading Places, <laughs> there's a scene where uh, Winthorpe wakes up and looks in the paper, and there he is. There's Eddie Murphy's on the cover of the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, he ends up with this award. That's cool. Uh, Entertainment Tonight reports that Courtney Kardashian, along with her sisters, Kim and Chloe, have toyed with the idea of leaving the e-reality show. Yes! At least Courtney has. Oh. Uh, she said, I just decided to spend more time as a mom and put more of my energy there. Uh-huh. And- I thought, so uh, for some reason, I guess 
Do I follow her or do I just just see her a lot? Whatever the case is, she is on a perpetual vacation. Oh, of course. I never see her at home. (laughs) Uh, She uh, she ended with the hopeful comment, though, but I'm not saying goodbye. Please say goodbye. In response to Courtney's comment, Chloe said that while we love Courtney and we'll miss Courtney. We love Courtney and and we're going to miss Courtney. And whatever she decides to do, uh, commenting that uh, the show will still go on in some form, Kim proposed that if Courtney did leave, she and Chloe could perhaps star in a spinoff. So let me ask you, do you think that this this whole empire that they've built and all these businesses that they've built, do you think that they maintain their vigor if the show goes away? Is the show a necessary component in um, their wealth right now, or can they cut ties and still maintain? That's a good question. I think that it would die off to some degree, yes. Uh, would they still be relevant in the in this world, in this reality world? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I don't... So maybe I don't... they can entertain that latter number. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, it's almost like the, the fortune doesn't even matter anymore. It's, yeah, uh, you know, it's the... about the quality of the work. <laughs> it's about the, the, the relevance. It's, um, about, it's about the art, Steve. It's yeah. about the art yeah. of keeping up with the Kardashians. <laughs> Although, I mean, honestly, how much money does They're anybody... little Edward R. Murrow. Oh, my What's God. That how much money does anybody really need? You know, like at, at a certain point, it can. But they yeah. are, now, what? I got enough. I'm good. But you know what happens? It yeah. becomes the uh, now it becomes the drive to just accrue more. Yeah. Well, so, and, yeah. and also legacy and things like that. You know, I mean, why why do billionaires? Why do any billionaires yeah. keep going? I would love and, to know. And some of them work harder than ever. Yes. More hours than ever. Absolutely. Even though yeah, yeah, they've yeah. got these yep. insane. You know, bank accounts, yeah. they just keep, they, they're driven. It's what kind of keeps them going, I guess. I don't know. Now, I know this is fiction, but in the show Billions, uh, there there was a scene, there was a, a story arc where it looked like this guy, Bobby Axelrod, was going to lose a lot of his money. And he was only going to be left with like $150 million. Right. And his wife is like, how are we going to live? <laughs> Well, it's why when you see in these bizarre divorce settlements where I can't, where the you know the whatever party is saying I can't get by on on fifty thousand dollars a month. Yeah, really? It depends on what kind of person you are. Because there there was a guy that we knew who was friend of friend, and uh, he had invested wisely and and worked very hard, saved his money, and by the time he hit like forty eight, fifty years old. Done. Retired. I'm finished. And that was his plan. And he had it all worked out about how much he needed to live out the rest of his life. And he was going to continue to invest, uh, you know, wisely, conservatively to, to let that money stretch. And he just he does what he wants to do, and that's what he wanted to do, and yeah. and uh, that was his goal. I have this number, I'm going to hit it, and then I'm going to have my time, and I'm going to relax. I'm like, wow, that's yeah, well, pretty happy. Good for him. Yeah. yeah, you also have to fill your days. I mean, you can't just sit around doing nothing. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of channels these days. I love the, the, the movie. Your movie, Casey, after retirement. Uh, yeah. I'm looking out this window now. Uh-huh. But you're right. There's loads of channels. There's so yeah. many channels. I am organizing a senior citizens <laughs> senior citizens running away club. Wow. All right. Well, moving on to another story. In a recent interview with People Magazine, Joanne Rogers, Fred Rogers' widow, yeah, expressed how happy she is about the upcoming film A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, particularly the casting of one and only Tom Hanks. 
Uh, she said one of the most wonderful things about this film is that Tom Hanks is playing Fred Rogers. Fred was a huge fan of Tom Hanks, and he looks adorable as Fred. Do you know who she had originally flirted with the notion of playing uh, her husband? No. Uh, Peter North. No. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, because facially, she said. Oh, shut <laughs> up. Facially. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, uh, Mr. North, <laughs> this is going to come as a shock, but the widow of Mr. Rogers would like you to screen test. What? <laughs> If you don't know who Peter North is, just go do a little search and see yeah, what By yourself, up. though. By don't yourself. Do, yeah, don't, do, don't, don't do it at work. Don't do it on what, the bus. What are, you, what are you looking at there, Smithers? <laughs> oh, President Steve told me to check out Peter North. <laughs> wow, he's, uh, he's eruptive. Eruptive. <laughs> Joanne goes on to add some heartwarming sentiments, saying that the film is a fabulous tribute to Fred, who she was married to for 51 years. She goes on to comment on what Mr. Rogers himself would have thought of the project. She said, I think... He would like this very much. There's a wonderful energy there. It's a very needful film right now. I you know how they met, right? I can't wait to see the movie. How did they meet, Steve? <laughs> it, it, it was a two-mile shot, a sniper shot in a strong wind. And he was holding, he had not met his wife to be in front of him as a, a Russian oh. assassin, basically his yeah. counterpart. Right. Uh, and uh, so he was, uh, Rogers was on a, the top of a, of a high-rise. Uh-oh. And uh, there was maybe three inches between his head behind her head. Uh, he pulled it off. Wow. wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. Only one chance? in a thousand people can make that shot. <laughs> yeah. He dropped, dropped that guy like a bad habit. All right. So anyhow, she approves of the movie. Uh, let's see. How about this? This is fun. Uh, in response to Keanu Reeves bringing a date, Alexandra Grant, to the recent LACMA Art and Film Gala, Twitter blew up with tweets mistaking her grant for veteran actress Helen Mirren. I can see that. There is a Mirren-esque quality to her. Both women uh, had silver hair and statuesque postures, as well as uh, striking fashion. On the red carpet premiere of her new film, The Good Liar, Mirren was asked if she heard about the mix-up. She said, I saw that. It was very flattering on me, you know, because she's obviously lovely. Uh, Mirren also mentioned how she personally knows Reeves. Her husband, director Taylor Hackford, worked with Reeves on the 1997 film The Devil's Advocate. That's a good Uh, movie. It's a good junk food movie. uh, She said, I do know Keanu very well. He did a film with my husband, and he's just the most adorable, lovely person. And she said, so she's a lucky girl, and I'm sure he's a lucky boy. What's the status of the Bill and Ted's movie? Do we know? Yeah, I haven't heard anything about that in a while. That's a that's a good question because they uh, they did a promo for it. Oh yeah, they're in, uh, they're in post production. So there you okay. go. coming out next year, twenty twenty. They're I probably know. looping Nick. That's they're in the, yeah, they're yeah. In the, they, I think they're done with the gaffing. Now the looping and then the gift wrapping. Right. I, I hope it's good. Uh, it'd be really cool. It, more so for uh, Alex Winter, who played. Uh, he sort of needs it. Yeah, I didn't realize no. he had had um, he had sort of a really uh, bad upbringing. He had oh, some, really? some traumatic incidents. You know. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's. I remember an interview with him. Actually, when the whole announcement of the Bill and Ted movie came out, so he's. But you know, I agree with you. He was one of my favorite vampires in Lost Boys too. He was. At least he he was the one that the unattractive people could commiserate with because (laughs) he was the ugliest of the vampires. Yeah, these super stud. They all they all had their hair rocked out and everything. Mm -hmm. Michael. Uh, looks like Hollywood moms can embarrass their children, too. In a new essay for Time Magazine, Billy Lord writes about her experience on the set of Star Wars The Force Awakens after Carrie Fisher pushed the hairstylist to give her daughter the same side buns that she rocked in the original films. 
Uh, and Fisher's inner stage mom came out with Miss Lord. Uh, Lord says that her mother kept asking her how she was feeling uh, uh, throughout the shooting. Uh, questions that Lord would brush off. Uh, she said, I scoffed at her maternal questions. In the moment, I was humiliated that my mom was momming me on the first day of my work on the Star Wars set of all places. Oh, Billy. Billy Lord is in uh, um, American Horror Story as well, Nick. Can you check that out? Yeah, she is. Yeah. So I don't know who that is. She's really, really good. And oh. I, I, I've been seeing her pop up all over the place. And in American Horror Story, she plays, she's this... Um, like a, a sort of like a Jane Fonda workout kind of chick, and and, okay. and uh, the show is all over the place. I'll tell you that what happened in in this week episode just passed. The band Kaja Gugu got murdered. No, oh, no. So that's how that's... it's crazy, but it's so great that it's that crazy. Okay, yeah, I like and, that. And she, her character is phenomenal. Uh, now uh, she remembers the moments with her late mother fondly. She said, "Initially, Princess Leia was kind of my stepmom, and now she's my guardian angel, and I'm her keeper." Lord. There you go, Billy Lord. <laughs> uh, let's see. Now that Jennifer Aniston has an Instagram, she can use it the same way everyone else does. By, you mean on her computer? By following her ex oh. and vice versa. Justin Thoreau recently tagged his ex-girlfriend, ex-fiance, really, I think, right? They were, yes, they were married. In, or Yeah, ex-wife. Yeah. In a post featuring his uh, pooch, Kuma. Where what? his dog Kuma? Oh, oh. oh <laughs> that's some kind of fashion statement. Man. No, are you, what are you wearing? Else. All right, now unzip it and let me see that pooch Kuma. <laughs> yeah, grr. Did you shave that? Grr. I shaved my pooch Kuma from Roger Ailes Productions. Uh, pooch Kuma, starring Peter North. Oh yeah. Uh, where he encourages followers to adopt rescue dogs. Anison has yet to comment back, but she did. Like it. Oh, okay. That's supposed to show that you're a little bit more evolved if you can on social media display, uh, yeah, you know, that you're you're getting along with your ex. Right, right. Yeah. Anybody else watching the morning show on uh, Apple TV Plus? I, I, per your recommendation, I'm going to watch it this weekend. Yeah, uh, two episodes are available for free, uh, so you don't have to download the app. Or yeah, I guess you have the app automatically if you have Apple TV, uh, and then you got to pay for it after that. But I, f- I found the first two episodes to be really good, and I think you guys will like it because of the inner industry. dynamics of uh, you know yeah. the, the industry and stuff like that. Okay. That was the original thing that, that drew me to it. I actually I was telling uh, Casey that I signed up for the Disney Plus channel. Did you? I'm, by the end of all of this, I'll be paying $51,000 a year. To watch stuff that I not you know have all this access to stuff I'm not watching. So I have the app for free for a year. Yeah, Uh, yeah. How'd you get that? I don't know. I just bought an Apple TV. Okay, I think maybe if you if you've made that purchase within a recent amount of time because I've had the Apple TV for I guess two or three years at this point. Okay. Okay, I have 51 Apple TVs around. <laughs> yeah, my house. seriously. Do I get 51 years of service? <laughs> right? right. Jesus Christ. I mean, I, I literally. I hate saying that word now. Um, I I really just bought it like two days ago. Okay. There's got to be, there's got to be something though, right? Yes, there, is, there has to be some sort of there's deal. There's this new feature where you pay full price no matter what you do, <laughs> and you don't get anything <laughs> yeah, for yeah. free. I got to get my, my Apple TV is not working. I got to figure that out. I, I have I a couple. Uh, Preston, I have a couple extras of yours. I, I, I kid you right, not. Right. If it's not working, maybe what, we'll do you, it up. you don't know which. Uh, it's not version of it. Uh, he tried to pour the gas in and it wouldn't start up. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, maybe it's the spark plugs. Steve, can I? That happened to mine. Hold on, that happened to mine. And it like they they said they literally said literally they said. 
said that's it. Like it's done. It's out. You, you have to get the updated version. Oh, oh man, so that you might, might just a, need. It's a couple years old. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, mine's a couple days old, and uh, it, the volume stopped working for some reason. I was like, nah, we don't want you to hear this anymore <laughs> on the remote. Yeah, uh, just uh, the volume. Well, uh, that's I, a new feature. It wow. Is it a new feature? It's like you can read our lips. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let me get to some other stories right, here. Sorry. Je- Jennifer Gardner uh, took to Instagram in a bathrobe and slippers in a look that clearly indicates some scrambling occurred in getting her daughter ready for school. <laughs> the caption read, she barely made the bus on time, but at least her mother kept it classy. I'd like to apologize mm-hmm. to Jennifer Gardner. Uh, Jennifer Gardner's uh, celeb friends flooded with comments like Jessica Capshaw, who wrote, I literally... Can't see a thing other than your beautiful smile. Uh, Why did I even include that story? That's I don't a, that's know. That's a nothing Because story. they're just like us, Preston. Well, and because I love her so much. Yeah. She is. Uh, listen, again, and see, I'm falling back on my You were talking about literally. I just said, listen again. Uh, the, <laughs> uh, I, I, today, we, need to we, we, we need end to our stop. crutches. Well, next week, we have to pick a day where uh, we. Uh, we sp- swear to never use our verbal crutches. Watch how long that lasts. <laughs> yeah. Look at this uh, insightful comment from Kimberly Williams Paisley Preston. Oh, she wrote, yes. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> wow. Uh, no, I, there's there's not much to not love about her. Hang no, on, I, Steve, I, hang on. I, Steve is literally about to say something. Oh, I, I was literally was. just about to say something. <laughs> so sorry. Uh, so listen, no. Uh, <laughs> the uh, uh, the fact is, is that which the way she, you, you see someone's Worth and their merit and the kind of person they are when her her estranged husband or ex husband Ben Affleck was going through all that stuff she she stepped up and got him into rehab and you know yeah. and, and took she she takes care of the people in her in oh. her surroundings. Do you think uh, Kevin is friends with her, Kevin Smith? I'm sure. more than likely. Yeah. yeah. Now yeah. that the, that he and uh, we last time we talked with Kevin, we were talking about patching up uh, well, with Ben and everyone who's since seen Ben Affleck's. Um, uh, sequence in the new movie. Yeah. Uh, say they say it's just great. Well, they were in Daredevil together. Remember, Kevin Smith yep. was in that. In uh, with Jennifer Garner, with Ben Affleck. Okay, wasn't she in it? Yes. Yeah, yeah she was. She, yes, and then she got a spinoff movie. I'm sorry, I was thinking she Kevin, was yeah. Electra. Electra. Yes. Yeah. What? I said Jinx. Oh, Jinx. I'm sorry. I By the way, that Daredevil movie is not horrific. It's it's pretty decent. <laughs> I thought you said Jace. Meeting Kathy's son. Jace. Holy, Jace. Holy Where crap. is he? What is he doing? Get ready for school. We got to move on here. Right? Okay. Listen, I got, I got real gossip. Now just shouting out words to get to here. Sandwich. Uh, Shia LaBeouf expressed his gratitude to the arresting officer in his 2017 public intoxication case, saying that the man changed his life. Uh, after the incident, uh, Shia spent time in a rehabilitation facility. He wrote the script for his upcoming autobiographical fi- autobiographical film, Honey Boy, and apparently he still say- stays in touch with the police officer. They actually go fishing together. Do they really? Yeah, they really go fishing All together. Right. Wow. Uh, and he initially, of course, was not too thrilled with this guy, but realized if this guy had not interceded, he'd be far worse off than he is and yeah. uh, helped him change his life. So I don't know if he's living a sober life these days, but a lot of That's times the word. Uh, these um, you know people who have uh, you know a decent amount of sobriety will uh, have this revelation that this this low, terrible time in their life, like being arrested yeah. or, or something along, ends up being the best thing that ever happened to them. And it's weird to say that, that you know, getting arrested or, or anything that can be like... Ah, like devastating or or embarrassing or whatever ends up being this thing that a positive a positive that saves your life. Yep. Uh Maya Bialik uh of Blossom fame is set to make her directorial debut. 
uh, with the film As Sick As They Made Us. The film is a comedy drama, and it's centered on a dysfunctional family. And it has got some heavy hitters in it. Dustin Hoffman, Candace Bergen, wow, Olivia Thrib- uh, Thrillby, and uh, Big Bang uh, Theory co-star Simon Helbert. Uh, so I don't know if she's done directing. Maybe she directed she... some episodes of, uh, did she do Big Bang? She might have. A couple of them did okay. uh, and, and stepped up. And, you know, she, again, she is of that whole cast of of characters that appeared on Big Bang. She legitimately is a scientist. Yeah. I mean, she is like a research scientist. Yeah, yeah, she's the real deal. Uh, so she's got, uh, she's got a project coming up. Uh, in a recent tweet, the writers of Stranger Things have released the name of episode one in the upcoming season four. Is it Sandwich? It's not Sandwich. <laughs> uh, the full episode is called Chapter One, The Hellfire Club. Ooh. Hellfire Club was from uh, X-Men. So where were we? Hmm. What year approximately? We were in the 80s. 85, because they went and saw Back to the Future in the theater. Okay, went to go see that. So uh, do you, will we... Will we... Make it into early 90s in this season, or well, will it follow up immediately after? Nick, look up Hellfire Club and see when in the X-Men universe that came out. It says, oh, here, January 1980 was the first appearance, but that doesn't mean that this would focus on that time frame. because Maybe their copy got lost in the mail. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, and the tweet also included the headline, looking for new members, are you in? So, you know, they're going to be very, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Cryptic about I, it. I yeah. love season two. I really did. The show is on a... Uh... I think I may go back and watch... Uh, this last season again. I it just was, finished it recently. It uh, was so good. It's really well done. And uh, so I was behind the times with the with you know you guys watched it months ago, and then I just I just caught it up recently. But um, right, that was a third. Was it was a, it was a, a third. third. Yeah, 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 that's right. I, I'm, I, I love all the seasons have have yeah. have found different tones. Yeah, and this one to me, this last one, Nick. I'm sorry, and, and no. to jump in here, and I think you you agree with me on this, Preston. This was the most um, sort of uh, uh, Goonies. Yeah, uh, esque. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, riff uh, uh, like a, a loving sort of Spielberg. That that time in in movies, that's what they seem to be uh, celebrating. I agree, yeah. and 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 without giving any spoilers, uh, the way that they ended it really left it open to be whatever comes next. Yeah, you know, there was no real major cliffhangers or anything like that. So it's these kids are growing up. And uh, there, some of them are going separate ways, so it'll be interesting to see how if they reconcile, how they reconcile. And the uh, n- this isn't a spoiler uh, either, but uh, the never-ending story sequence alone. <laughs> oh my yeah. god, it's <laughs> worth watching the entire season. It was great. <laughs> so yeah. I also I wanted to make sure that uh, continuity-wise that it worked out because you were saying eighty-five, and and as turns out, yes, never-ending story came out in eighty-four. Okay, so it makes well, sense. Sure they By the way. There were two other never-ending story sequels. Yes, there uh, were. Part two and a part three. Jonathan Brandis being in part two. Who later G- committed suicide, didn't he? Yeah. But then Jack Black is in part three. What? Yes. What? Yeah. Okay. 1994. I have to go back and see what that was all about. Yeah. Uh, so anyhow, they, they released a bit of a teaser for that. So excitement already begins. Uh, unfortunately... I know you guys would be upset about this, but uh, BH90210, the reboot oh, has been canceled. No! The entire time with that same concept, or, or did it yes. change? Yes, no, I, it I was stopped. Exactly, I watched it all. I watched every bit of it. Um, it was after a while. I felt like I had the Stockholm syndrome, <laughs> where I, uh, I, I I had to. I, I was now siding with my captors. 
And uh, I can listen. Siding with me. <laughs> it, it, it was really. Uh, it went. I wish there was, was no room for a second season. It was a flash in a pan. I wish yeah. they would have just done it. The right way, right. Or, or the normal way, I guess you would say, and maybe it would have lasted a little longer. Did you guys know that Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling are doing like, a, like a theater tour? They told us on air. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I wasn't paying attention. But they, but they canceled. They canceled already. Have canceled a number of those dates. Yeah, they were supposed to be in Reading. That got canceled. But I think Wells the, Fargo. No, the Atlantic City date. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Tori Spelling and Jenny Garth. Fox has decided not to order for another installment of the show, which was uh, received with uh, uh, fairly strong ratings, and then the novelty died down. Well, they're going to go with a next year. They're going to have Ian Ziering appear in "Give Him Hell, Harry." He's going to play Harry Truman. (laughs) Okay, that'll be that'll be a hit. And one last thing: a new study has found that uh, shows like Pose and Batwoman have contributed to the rise in LGBTQ and gender inclusiveness on TV. The study, which was done by Glad found that the percentage of regularly seen LGBTQ characters on primetime TV this season reached an all-time high of 10.2%, or 90 out of 879 characters. And this tops last year record of 8.8, and it achieved the 10% goal that GLAAD had set for the networks by 2020. Well, I'm comforted by that. I'd like to see a lot more bold radio broadcasters. Bold <laughs> radio broadcast. T- television. I would agree. Maybe we can talk to there is room. the networks. All right, uh, movies opening this weekend, and I've got a list of them just to bring you up to speed. (laughs) We will begin with Midway, an action drama directed by Roland Emmerich, or Emmerich, I'm not sure. And it stars Ed Screen. Is it Screen? S K R E I N? Screen? I don't know. He's in uh, Deadpool, right? Uh, that guy. He's oh, the, yeah, yeah. The, he's really good. The bad guy in Deadpool? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the first one? Yeah. Francis. He plays, uh, yeah, Francis or Ajax. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mandy Moore, Patrick Wilson, Luke Evans, Nick Jonas, Woody Harrelson, Dennis Quaid, and Aaron Eckhart. Uh, it's the Battle of Midway, marked a turning point during World War II. The Americans and the Japanese Navy battled it out with uh, battled it out over the Pacific. Rated PG thirteen, two hours fourteen minutes long, and has a forty four percent score at Rotten Tomatoes so far. So for me, this this is probably going to be the it's all about the battle sequences. There's not going to be a lot of um, yeah. you know good drama, but uh, he does. He's known for doing this kind of stuff really well. Yeah, he, he did what was it twenty twelve or whatever? Yes. the John Cusack movie Which is again based on a true story. <laughs> it was not based <laughs> on a true story, but like the the story around the movie sucked. But and the it effect, was terrible. It was, it, and the effects were impressive. The right? effects yeah. were great. Okay, yeah. and this is historical. So. Also opening today is Dr. Sleep. It's a thriller, horror, uh, Stephen King story. Mike Flanagan is the director. Stars uh, Ewan McGregor, Rebecca Ferguson, Jacob Tremblay, and others. Uh, It's about Danny Torrance. He has tried to find peace in his life after the horrific events that he suffered at the Overlook Hotel. But all that changes when a young girl with extrasensory abilities tracks him down. Uh, Rated R, 2 hours, 31 minutes, 75% score, Rotten Tomatoes. Are you going to go see it? Yeah, I'll, uh, if you read I, the book, but you said that the the the, uh, the you believe this follows more closely the Kubrick film than the book. After watching the trailer, it's clear okay. that it, that it, it follows the the film more than the book. But I I want to see it anyway. I just finished both The Shining and Doctor Sleep back to back. So does um, he as an adult man talk I'm to his in. finger? 
No. Well, not in the book. Okay. He, he doesn't talk to his finger at all in the book. So maybe now that he's an adult, it'll be his middle finger. But he 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 is a virulent alcoholic. So is he that does, the case? Oh, because he's he, so troubled by everything that he sees. Well, and he follows in his father's footsteps. I mean, he uh, was Jack was a big time boozer right. and was trying to get over it, and that was a big part of the of the plot in the book. So, um, but it's it's got a decent score so far, and I did enjoy the book. I thought it was really well done. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and then the other film opening this weekend that I saw is Last Christmas. It's a romance film uh, directed by Paul Fagg, and it uh, stars Amelia Clark, uh, Henry Golding, Emma Thompson, Michelle Yeoh, and Patty Lepone. Uh, it's about a woman who works as an elf at a department store, meets a man who changes her life. It's rated PG-13. I love you. Hour and 42 minutes long. I simply love you. And uh, <laughs> rotten score, rotten tomato score at 43%. And if so all far. we have is this Christmas, then that's enough. And you love her? I love you. Yes. Uh, so those are the movies opening this weekend. <laughs> Let's get to clips. The Battle of Midway, we were just talking about that. He's oh, depicted in the new film Midway. In this clip, Luke uh, Kleintank talks about the importance of maintaining the memory of these events. Here we go. I think it's important for to see it because it's a part of our history. It defines not only the United States of America, but defines every country. I mean, it was a massive war, and there were many little battles in this war that are just as poignant, but this is a, this was a big one for the U.S. Navy. Yeah! Uh, and Midway is in theaters today, by the way. Here, uh, yes. No, no. Okay. Here's the next clip. <laughs> What happened? I think it's important. No, no, no I want to hear it again because oh, there's a lot there. It's still important. All right, here we go. Uh, another movie we just talked about. Uh, the classic Stephen King thriller, The Shining, will finally be continued with the new film adaptation of Dr. Sleep. In this clip, director Mike Flanagan discusses what he loves about the sequel. Here we go. I think the big thing for me was reading the book. I loved Dan. I loved Abra. I loved uh, that whole story. I loved what he had to say about recovery in the way that, you know, The Shining is uh, about anxiety uh, of, of a man who's, who's afraid of what his addiction could do to his family. And then Dr. Sleep is written, you know, through the, through the lens of that same man, but decades sober. Really? Yeah. Uh, Dr. Sleep is in theaters today, by the way. So there you go. That's your rundown of all Bam. stuff. Hollywood friends. All right. Uh, we should take a break because we have a big day today. Uh, our good friend Kevin Smith is going to be here shortly and uh, just spending some time talking about all things Kevin Smith. Yeah, and there's so much going on with the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Yeah, yeah. I uh, was in town for a screening last night, a couple of screenings. We're also going to have from the Philadelphia Eagles, Mac Hollins is going to be uh, here in our studio. And he's got a book reading at Shakespeare and Company in Rittenhouse Square on Monday. Is it he, Dr. Sleep? He, I, no, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Who we're going to find out. But he is a, he's a, uh, he is a book fanatic. It's he's a Shel Silverstein book. book. Oh, is it? And not but, The Giving Tree. But he's going to he has a surprise and the, book, and too, of some sort. Really. The Taking Tree. <laughs> Maybe. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us, my friend. We're going to have a good time on this Friday morning. If nothing else, Tool fans are patient. Your wait is nearly over. WMMR is giving away free Tool concert tickets all this weekend. We're also playing the best Tool tracks every hour as we prepare for this month's sold-out show at Wells Fargo Center. We want you to experience the power and mystery of Tool live in concert. 
So listen and win all weekend long on 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. The next guest is in town for screenings of his new film, Jay and Silent Bob. It's the reboot, and it will be in theaters on November 29th. Ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Smith is right here. Kids. In our studio. How are you? Wonderful. How are you? I'm not prepared for the uh, East Coast at all. (laughs) After the heart attack, I went vegan and lost weight, and now everything is cold. Like, I have no insulation whatsoever. (laughs) Right? You you lost. You're you're, you're now basically an Olympian. But I am down to my high school weight. But I don't remember this being this cold in high school all the time. When you lose the insulation, yeah. I feel like a a little old man. Like, right down to my bones, I'm like, oh, the chill, the chill. What'd you do with all your jerseys? There's no way they fit anymore. They didn't. Um, I eventually boxed them all up, signed every one of them, and then on the second part of the tour, we give that out to, like, VIPs. Wow. Wow. What we call game-worn jerseys. But uh, I stopped wearing them. It's so weird. Like, after I dropped some weight, I, I shrank the jerseys. I was like, all right, I'll go to a smaller jersey. And I, I felt like, oh, my God, I look stupid. And my wife was like, you always look stupid. <laughs> and I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, yeah. She's going, you know, you, the suit jacket suits you and stuff. And yeah, actually, it's, it, it, this this is the, the new Kevin Smith? I and, defaulted uh, to, like, my 1997 look. This is yeah. what I was wearing before, like, I put on weight and said, oh, the hockey jersey is a fat guy's boo-moo. Um, well, you look great. It is. Thank you. Oh, my God, you're so sweet. I was sitting here listening to your traffic report, and I was just like, what a, what a skill. <laughs> like, it is. It, it's it, very specialized skill. That's why there's always somebody doing it very specifically. We had, we, had, we had the cast of Downton Abbey sitting here. We had all the other, and people come in. I think uh, uh, Jane, uh, Jane Goodall. Goodall was here, and they, they all marvel at this. I'm like, well, then, Kevin, uh, Traffic, the movie. It's, yeah, it's no got kidding. It. it clearly just, is a movie. I, I remember when I was a kid, like, morning radio would do Traffic, and somebody was in a helicopter at all times. <laughs> and I was thinking, you got it easy, man. Like, yeah. Somebody we feeds sent, you a few lines, and you're like, yes, this was actually else. We, we sent her, we up, set her up in one one time, did in you? Helicopter, and she had no idea where she was. She, well, she could not no, identify the main thing. thoroughfares. There's traffic to... below me. I just don't know where it is. Well, here's you, the thing you have to know about me is I'm scared of everything. Right. Yeah. So going up in a helicopter was like a fear that I had to face. Yeah, so I'm the roads you. below me, I didn't care, even though that was part of what they wanted me to do. And I was right. like, I don't know. I don't want to look down. And then the pilot goes, do you want me to show you how, like, if, if the helicopter stalls, how we get down? And I was like, if you do that, like, I'm going to die right now. Right. No, absolutely not. Let me I show you what it's like that. if we're going to go down. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want that. It's not without precedent, too, because traffic helicopters have crashed on no air. Doubt. So you're, you're wise. Just do it through the computer. I um, I remember I got my right wife, like, a gift. Uh, she wanted to go to San Simeon is where uh, the Hearst Castle is. It's amazing, yeah. So we live in, like, Los Angeles. And so, you know, she's always talking about helicopters. And I found a helicopter ride, too. And it was me and my wife and her parents and my kid. <laughs> So in my mind, it's like the helicopter from like uh, Meet Joe Black, the one that Anthony Hopkins <laughs> yes, is in. That's going to be oh my god! It's it's plush. Right. It looks yeah. like the inside of a plane or right, something. Yeah, and it was one of them traffic helicopters where you could see out from under you, underneath the whole flight. And I panicked. I was like, I'm not going. Wow. And my wife's like, What do you mean? I was like, I can't look at that. That looks unsafe. She's like, We're all going. I was like, Well, then you're all stupid. I'm going to drive. <laughs> and uh, she was like, If you, I, she asked the guy, she was like, If he drives, well, how long is it? She, the guy was like, It's going to take him four hours. We're going to be there in like 35 minutes. <laughs> and she was like, You have to do this. It's for my birthday. And we got into a legit fight wow. on the runway while my kid was standing there watching, going, My parents are codependent. And I was going, like, If I, 
die in this helicopter, yeah. I'm going to be so mad at you. <laughs> like, I have it over you forever. She's like, just get in. It yeah. worked out. But it was terrifying. Yeah. And I didn't even have to report. I wasn't even like, the traffic is. I was just praying the whole time. I found the Lord again so quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, oh my God. Speaking of you, do get religion. Yes. He didn't listen to me. He was like, you made dogma, so you could die. <laughs> Speaking of, of uh, flying, you you got to go to Boston after this. Yeah. And you've chosen to drive seven hours instead of fly for 45 minutes. You said seven when I asked you the other day. I was like, how long is he? You said seven in text. I was like, oh, my Lord. But then we all checked, and it's four and a half. <laughs> so no. what route do you take? Because <laughs> yeah, I want to avoid that. Like, four and a half with the Boston. It took me seven hours to drive back from Boston. You hit traffic in Connecticut? Maybe. Oh, that's the worst state ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the problem. You're not, you're probably not thinking about traffic. It depends on what Oh, no, you going. can't help but think yeah. about traffic. Like, especially if you want to do it, you just hit Waze, and Waze will tell you your future, right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a, a prognosticator. It's amazing. It's the Nostradamus so, of traffic. I'll do it right it, now. It really yeah. is, man. But it's, so, yeah, do one from, from. I'm doing right. it from right here. Do but it. why, how, why are you not flying? Um, we started, like, when we started the tour, it was in New Jersey, and then the next show was in Chicago, so we had to fly there. Once we got to Chicago, the next few shows were kind of Midwest, Midwest bunched together. So we were like, well, let's drive it. And then being on the road felt good. Like, Jay was like, it's a road show. We should be on the road. He's like, I'll drive. And I was like, all right. So if we all split the drive, it would okay. be great. But Jay is like a baby. The moment he turned the car on, he goes to sleep. So he has slept the whole ride. So sometimes I'm driving, and he's behind me, like, sleeping against the window. And then people drive past us, and they're like... Holy crap. <laughs> I would have assumed the other guy drove. Like, right, right. So he's been no help, but I've enjoyed kind of driving. Uh, it beats like dealing with the airport and crap like that. So it just means sometimes you leave an extra hour earlier. Jay's a big Walmart shopper, so we stop at every Walmart we see. <laughs> I think the, the driving the driving thing is cool. The, the touring thing is cool. And in a way, I was t- telling Preston, you know, this whole process of the J.M. Silent Bob reboot and this tour that you're doing mm. kind of reminds me of the old days, like with William Castle going around. And going we just to, don't have a tingler, but right, I will yeah, touch yeah. you if you like. Right, to bring and for fit. extra money for a VIP package, you will get tingled will get by tingled. Kevin Smith. But they go around to different towns and, and kind of whoop it up and, and and sort of sell it that way. It is it's unbelievable for me. Like number one, the tour is making crazy loot because we've been selling out everywhere. So that's first and foremost, it's a business and somebody else awesome. is happy. But number awesome. two, for me, it's like going to church every night where you're both the priest. And Jesus, <laughs> like everybody, you're celebrating the mass, and everybody's celebrating you, yeah. man. It's like such a warm love fest. This you're sitting down with every single person in the audience gets every single joke, every Easter egg gets cracked open. Like yeah. it's all for them. It's the it, movie's made for the world's biggest Kevin Smith fan. That's me, and then secondarily. The audience. It's your crowd. Also, I think oh, we, we talked about it. this last time. We just talked to you a, a couple of months ago, uh, uh, you know, on, on the, the phone and talking about it, it. There's there's multiple things in play here. There's that, you, you know, long awaited, a revered uh, franchise. And then also the you don't know what you got until it's gone thing of, you know, you're here. You, you survived a traumatic thing. There, there is definitely that. The heart attack yeah. has really informed everything. And I'll then I think it. the fans are like, I'm going to go see his ass. Yeah, in yeah. case he dies. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna go <laughs> check him out. But we had, well, last night we had two shows in Philly at the Prince Theater, which was absolutely beautiful. A total love fest. Like, anytime a character pops up that's been in one of the other movies, and there's lots of that throughout the movie, not just me and Jay, but, like, every, we got a sequel to Clerks, to Mallrats, to Chasing Amy, uh, and Dogma, as well as Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back within the movie and stuff. So now that we're done, we move on to Boston 
the movie opens here, was it Friday? Yes. Mm-hmm. So it opens here in AMC Nashamini 24. Nashamini. Nashamini. Yeah. Uh, AMC Cherry Hill 24. That ain't here, mm-hmm. but that's nearby here. Yeah, yeah it's New close, Jersey. Very close. And AMC Hamilton 24. So you can go see it there this week. We're not with the movie, but yeah. it's it's it rolls out behind us. So essentially our Can't tour wait. is like a very expensive promo for the movie coming to your area. Yeah, or a very cheap promo, depending on how you look at it. It's funny because you think about, we've talked about this before with you, as you're a young filmmaker and you, you're sure in your mind, you know, I'm going to work my way up and get to these 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 budgets and then and and have this mechanism, studio, and so on and so forth. And then you, you go and then you, you realize your pure joy lies with really the embryonic aspects yeah. of the film industry and the... Feet on the ground, selling it. It's the sh- the stuff I got to skip because yeah. I, you know, I got lucky. Somebody picked up Clerks, but this was the, the work that I was prepared for when right. we made Clerks. Like, oh, we're probably going to have to rent theaters and take it around because we don't have any help. But then all of a sudden, we had help. So now, at this stage of my career, I found it more fun to go backwards and do the things I didn't do. Like, you know, I made Tusk, and people were like, "Why?" And I'm like, "Because I never made <laughs> right. that in the beginning of my career." That's generally when people do things, the foolish mm-hmm. things, in the beginning of their career. But I skipped that step, so I'm like, "I'm going to enjoy that step just late in the career." Same thing with the tour. It's like a lot of people are like, "Hey, man, can't you just release it normally?" And I'm like, "Yeah, give me twenty million bucks, man, because <laughs> right. that's what it costs to quote unquote normally release a movie." But doing it our way costs us very little to nothing. Like I think mm-hmm. we've spent about a hundred grand for the entire tour so far. And then everything else is just kind of profit. You just have to be willing to go places. Hey, Most but you, but filmmakers you aren't, right? They're like, I, you know, I'll make the movie and it goes out in uh, 2,000 theaters and right. that's it. But I'm happy to accompany it. We, we kind of specialize or eventize the idea of the screening. Like I tell the cats every night, you know, like uh, the credits. Like when the movie ends, uh, the story proper, credits roll on one side of the screen and then more content is yeah, great. I, well, I just that. packed the credits. I said, because, you know, we overdid the credits because, let's be honest, you guys overpaid to see this movie. And stuff. <laughs> so you eventize it. You turn it into something that's like an experience more so. Like, look, they're going to watch the movie streaming any minute, like when it comes out, and you can watch it everywhere and stuff. And so the, the kind of special aspect of, like, we're in a movie theater has slowly dissipated and gone away. So we just kind of keep it that. It's a party atmosphere, man. It's like and we that's also a time machine, and we take them all back to the 90s for two hours. How important do you think, I mean, and it's it's funny because here you are the director, routinely director, writer, and star, but you're Thank usually, you. You know, nobody ever says that, yeah. but it's true. I am the other guy in the title. <laughs> I know. So you're, you're that... Uh, but but in this case too, the 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 cult of Kevin Smith has has helped create a fan base that mm. is populating the theaters. It's allowed me to do this in the first place. Your podcasts, your shows, your 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 general fandom has created, and it, it's all those sort of things that may not have been part of a master plan that no. look like a master plan now that we look back. It's very it, it, it was me desperate to stay in the game. Like, yeah, you know, because they introduce you. And even back then, it's like uh, first-time filmmakers had what they call the sophomore slump or curse. Like, so you're introduced with a movie, and I had, like, the Cinderella story of a movie, Clerks. Then the next movie came out, it was Rats, and, like, now everybody loves it. Then nobody liked it. The right. critics hated it. It died at the box office. And so everyone was like, this is what happens when you give these Sundance kids money and stuff. <laughs> so I had no plan. It was more about staying alive. Chasing Amy was made partly because I was like, I have a story to tell. And partly because I was like, if we don't make something good, we're done. Like, yeah. they liked Clerks. They didn't like Mallrats. Let's try to make something that they like again. And 
that was Chasing Amy, and it had saved us for like a long time. That was the movie that was an umbrella where people were like, yeah, he's done a lot of stupid things, but that Chasing Amy, and yet Chasing Amy has aged in a way that like for some audiences that movie's problematic, something we address in this movie and mm. stuff. Um, for a younger generation that didn't grow up with it and see the movie as like, oh, that that was a movie that was helpful for a bunch of people at a time. Sure. There was no movie for that. Yep. Suddenly they look at the movie and they're like, you can't say things like that. How yeah. are you? You know, I, I, you're a cis white male. You shouldn't be telling the story. I right? rewatched it recently, Chasing Amy, and uh, I love it. It's a great movie. But, man, is it dated in some of its term- terminology? It's and very slut shamey. It is. Like, that's yeah. what the movie kind of is about at its center. And, but you, and, you, have to judge, you have to judge things in their time. Oh, yeah. Steve, that, you're talking to the internet. That's, yeah, they'll yeah. never do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you, crazy? No. That, that's not going to happen. Right. So what was I it's, it's weird to see it go through a filter where that was a movie for a long time that was like, that's my shield. Yeah. And now it's no longer the shield. Now dogma is the shield, oddly enough. Yeah. Dogma's aged to this place where people are like, oh, I love that movie, man. I remember seeing that with my family and blah, blah, blah. It has more to do with their experience in seeing with the movie than the movie itself huh, I've yeah. discovered over the years. <laughs> like, I'm tied in genetically to the DNA of the audience for a lot of people who are like, I met my wife and we went to see Clerks for the first time. My daughter is named Brody. You know, like, I, I Jay and Son Bob, we went to see that movie. Right. It took us four hours to drive there. There's always some experience surrounding it and stuff. And so the audience is incredibly ardent. They're not just like a casual film audience. It's like, oh, I like movies and stuff. When you're into my stuff, you're, like, really into it because it's been a part of your journey for, like, 25 years. Or then you meet people who are, like, 19 and you were like, man, you know where you were when we made that movie? Like, in somebody's testicles. That's how long ago we made that movie. <laughs> you, talk, you talk about, so you talk about the, the onus of that when you're in that part of the, your career. I need, I need my umbrella film now to pull me back up. Oh, that's not even uh, for the part of it. That's been my entire career. Are you, not are, even is, like is that something? Is that, are you bereft of that now? Is that, is that something because, because you have an entrenched fan base that will, from the most part, support what you're doing? Right. Uh, and you, well, no, yes and no. Yes and Because, no. I mean, we did yoga hosers and they didn't show up for that at all right. so they're yeah. a wonderful audience but they're, they won't go for everything <laughs> yeah. they're not just blindly you loyal. can't take it for granted no right? yeah, not yeah. at all and they've let me know that in the past but this one i figured like oh come on this is the, this is the one that's in their dna like right. they, jay and silent bob have been there since the beginning since clerks 25 years ago and they were in that movie so i figured this might work out and so far it has um and and that has everything to do with their fondness for the early flicks i i'm so curious how this movie would work if you've never seen any of the other flicks. Okay. I've, I've, it might be strange yeah. for people going like, why, wh- who are all these people? Why do they know? Why is Ben Affleck in this movie? <laughs> why is Thor in this movie? You know, like people not quite understanding how it all fits together. Funny, Speaking funny, of yeah. Affleck, was it Red Man that we had in here? Yo. Yeah. He, yeah. Who was, he was, he was so, he said the scene with Ben. Don, no, it was Donnell Rawlings. It was Donnell oh, Rawlings. Donnell, yeah. 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 That that the scene with Affleck, he said, was so profound to him. He he almost couldn't. He started like welling up. He, he started. He's, a, he's a, up as you it. know, like a dad. Dad. Yeah. He yeah. loves being a dad. Relishes that title. And the whole movie reboot is about being a parent uh, at its root level. Like right. remove the jokes and everything. It's kind of about being what what it's like to be a parent to some degree. And he is in that moment right now. He has an incredible relationship with his son. So I could see when he saw that scene, it impacted hard. Ben has this real, like, kind of big monologue, page-long monologue about what it's like to be a parent. How, right. Like, when you're a parent, you're no longer the star, you're the stage. And how it goes from your story to somebody else's story. You don't get a third act to your story because you're like, now this is the real story. I was just the opener and stuff. Oh. And so all of that stuff really hits hard if you're a parent 
even if a parent of a 20-year-old, but when you're the parent of a small kid and you actually love that small kid like Donnell does with his kid, it, the movie hits you right in the feels big mm. time. That's the thing. Like, we made a funny movie like we had to. It was a sequel to a comedy, so it better be funny. But the thing nobody was looking for and asked for, but the thing that everyone seems to like the most about the movie is it has all the feels. Like, uh, there's moments in the movie where you will actually roll a tear and not because you're like, they ruined it, man. They ruined Jay Buck. <laughs> it's because Jay's performance will get you there. It's his finest hour in, like, 25 years. It's an absolute showcase for him. And, you know, as a guy who's been working with him for a quarter of a century, as a guy who started practically puppeteering him with a hand up his butt going, like, <laughs> snooch to the nooch, I've watched him grow into, like, his own actor like it's, it's well, he's another another example of a guy who we thought was at that precipice and about to tip over and has pulled it back with herculean him, ability man. you know who noticed that big time is uh ben when ben came down to shoot the scene in the movie he hadn't been around us in close to like 10 years right and the last time he saw jason jason was circling the drain and ben had just kind of been like well that's it for jay hmm. so he steps back into our world and it's a completely different Jason Mewes, who's, like, been sober for going on 10 years now, uh, married, and, like, the world's best dad. The dude is legit, wonderful dad. And Ben experienced that firsthand because there's Jason on set with his kid, and Jason's way more interested in his kid than making the movie and stuff. And Ben was blown away by it. He's like, did you know... Muse has been clean for almost 10 years. I was like, I didn't leave. Yes, I, I was here. I watched that 10 years. So it's really nice that, yeah. like, he he stepped back in, and his admiration for Jay went over the moon. Like, he was sitting there quizzing him on, how do you do this? Like, Because he's had his own issues. His own issues, yeah. and, and, like, he was kind of inspired by Jay's ability to keep it together because he was the, always the guy least likely. This was the kid great. we'd all make fun of Yeah, because he was mm. captain your responsibility. You wouldn't trust him with a carton of eggs, let alone a human being and stuff. And yet yeah. there's Jay being a great dad. Um, not to change topics, but how, how you know, because I have a follow-up question here. How were you as a student growing up, like a high school student? I was not, like, uh, great. I, you know, I, I what guess about your English I could have applied myself, but I, I didn't. I was okay with B's and C's. Okay, because you English is um, where I excelled, though. It, writing is was my bag. Your your ability to tell a story, you know, not just on paper and on film, but you know, here just talking is um, uh, exemplary. It, it is, and I can't think of the word exemplary. But like, <laughs> even when you said, you know, Jay was circling the drain for a little bit, I'm like, did has he ever used that before? Like, what a great metaphor. I've never, I'm 44. I've never heard that as a metaphor. Circling the drain? Yeah. Never. Yeah, well, I mean, we but, were talking um, like, yeah. that means you've never encountered anybody. You're <laughs> circling the drain, and that's a positive thing. Yeah, when, yeah. when you know them, you know them, where you're like, we thought we lost him so yeah. many times. And in the beginning, I was the one who'd throw out a net and be like, we got to save him because he's got a million-dollar heart, nickel head, but a million-dollar heart yeah. and stuff. But he eventually started saving himself. And yeah. he did that for almost 10 years with the podcast with Jay and Silent Bob Get Old. And that's kind of where Re- Reboot comes out of that. And stuff. Yeah. But what saves him now is the kid. Yeah. He won't ever let that kid down. Him and that kid are like best friends. That's so, it's yeah. so good to hear that. We had a conversation uh, yesterday about role models and, the, and, 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 you know, and whether what we define as a role model and what, or, or just people who give you inspiring messages. I look at your life. I look at, on a creative level, ever since you came on the scene, I'm like, that guy's got it. That oh guy, God, that guy sweet. that he's... I've met all the other people who are like, that guy don't belong here. <laughs> yeah. Why is that guy still doing this? But you, you, I never for a second 
I thought that you were always doing it for the purity of the love of everything you were involved with. And I said, if you can get to that point, that's it. If you, you can, the money thing is the thing that everyone focuses on, right? Because uh, with this line of work, supposedly, supposedly vast riches. And I'm not going to deny that, like, you get overpaid to do things that you would do normally. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I... When we're not touring the movie, him and I just sit on stage and talk to each other about old movies. Yeah. And people overpay to come see us do that. <laughs> That's why I was like, boy, if we brought him a new movie, you know, that would be kind of cool. Sure. So uh, the the relationship with the audience is in- incredibly symbiotic. I only get to be the guy who's like, oh, he's doing everything he likes to do because the audience will kind of support me, at least to a large degree. Um, so that has allowed me to, like, not have a traditional career. Like, if I was doing it right, I would have done one thing for the last 25 years and really tried to improve upon it. Like, people in my line of work try to win Oscars and stuff. But I think you have sort of a creativity ADD. I d- Very much so. Yeah. It's like you see, so, like, uh, Homer sees the dog and he's like, ooh, a puffy tail. Like, you get very <laughs> right. distracted easily because you see people doing things that appeal to you. Like, you guys doing this is always, like... Gets my blood going. That's why, like, we went to bed at 3 in the morning, but but I'm here, like, I got up at 6 to be here at 7 because, like, this is what I'd rather do than anything else. Oh, like, awesome. you guys have the dream job. <laughs> you don't have to shower if you don't want to. <laughs> you know, the stars come to you. They need you. You don't have to be like, please, man, please, I need you to do me a favor and stuff. Um, and you get to talk. Yeah. You don't have to sit there and build some visual scheme and stuff and lie to people with pictures. You get here and you get to be honest and stuff. That's that's why I dove into podcasting because I'm like, that's like having a radio show without having a radio show. Oh, my Lord. So I get distracted by other people's jobs. Like I started <laughs> going up on stage because I loved Carlin and what he did. I was like, what would it be like to be up there on stage? None better. I started making films because Richard Linklater and Ray Slack goes, what would that be like to do that sort of thing? Um, I started doing podcasts because I grew up listening to Stern. I was like, what would it be like to if I was Stern? Like yeah. just talking about my life. So I get very easily distracted. I have no qualms about it. I'm never like regretful, like, oh, I should have done this. I always feel like um, every once in a while I'll do something where I'm like, this satisfies the urge, scratches the itch of could I have been? What should I have done? Because you never know if you've done your life correctly. And in my case, like I made one movie and I was only expected to do that and it turned into a career. So I've been like playing catch up ever since and whatnot. So periodically it occurs to me like when Joker came out. I was like, you know, I've been into this crap for a long time, man. Like, should I have been on top of this? Like, not should I have made Joker, but like, should I have made a comic book movie by now? I've been talking about it for years and stuff. And then I looked back at my career and and like, what would I trade up? Everything I did, I desperately wanted to do. And even if it didn't work out, that was the thing I most wanted to do. You don't need to make a comic book movie. What you've done, and and I see you as one of the one of the front runners in uh, the the birth of uh, geek culture becoming what it is and now. the acceptance of and and your uh, your connection to it. Even though you didn't directly do comic book movies, there, it was always an undercurrent, and it yeah. always had and it always. Labeled it up, brought it up to a hipper, cooler level that us huh. as nerds and and thank you by the way. You know, we love you. You love that we get to do this type of thing. Yes. you give us stuff to talk about, and and that was a big only part. for one morning out of like three hundred sixty five. You guys we're, do it just great. We reference you all the time, but, but no, but I'm talking about geek culture in in general because it, we love it, and and we could go on forever about it. it well, did, the, the world did start and, circulating or, or, or turning in the direction of. 
the stuff I liked. I, yeah. I just got very lucky in that in as much as 25 years ago, I was like, comic books and movies about comic books. And, and like, uh, we live in a culture now where that is the culture. Like, in Mallrats, we had Stan Lee, and we were like, hey, imagine if everybody knew who Stan Lee was and like they did in the movie. Now, they do. that's the case. I, 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 so, I, so, I'm so, an example of that. I didn't know who Stan Lee was, really, until Mallrats. And I was a fan of yours, and then I was a fan of that movie because we all got around, like, you were talking about experiential things. We got around, and we watched that movie over mm. and over in college, and I loved Mallrats. And then I loved Kevin Smith, and then I loved Stan Lee. And then, because of these guys... I, I fell in love with Marvel movies, you know, and so now... He had all, to. It's it a job requirement. <laughs> yeah. yes. oh, good, good but the Lord. fact that it came full circle for, for you with Stan Lee in the movie, holding the script of Mallrats, to me, that means something. And I yeah, don't even really dude. know you, but, like, yeah. that was so cool to see all of that come full circle. It was almost like, you know, years ago when we made Mallrats, uh, we put the scene in with Stan, and it was almost telling a younger audience, hey, for those of you that don't know... This is the guy that created Spider-Man. This is Stan Lee. Yeah. He's a legend. And, and he's just talking about love. And, 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 being, <laughs> and being that guy that brings people together. Years later, he returned the favor by holding up that Mallrat script. He was like, hey, here's a guy you probably don't know, Kevin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it really does come full circle. But I never I never honestly like have regret about paths not taken. Like I, I, I sit there. Like, remember that movie, The Freshman? Love it. So there's a moment in the movie The Freshman's got uh, um, Robert, uh, not Robert, Brando. Uh, Marlon Brando and uh, Broderick. Matthew Broderick. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Matthew Broderick's in college, and, and Marlon Brando goes to visit him at college. He's in the dorm. I really don't remember the movie, but this moment crystallized for me and still sticks in my head. He's sitting there in the doorway, and he's talking about something unrelated to college. And then just before he leaves the scene, Marlon Brando looks around. And he goes, so this is college. I didn't miss anything. And then he leaves. <laughs> That's how I feel from time to time. Like, every once in a while, I do something that is mainstream or something that feels like, oh, this is what you would do if you were being smart about your career. Like, when I made Red State, I was like, see? Like, I I can do it. I just choose. I can make a good movie. I just choose not to every time I choose to make a Kevin Smith movie but instead. If, but if you look at the, the and again, I, I'm a big fan of this notion of, of sometimes you step out of the way and let the fluidity of life proceed. So as all this is going on and you've never made your superhero movie, what happens? DC blows up on television. The whole world is and, making and, superhero right. movies. And who do they come to to direct some episodes? It's you. So I, you're, I got to do some CW stuff. Yeah. yeah. That was very cool. And that, that definitely... Uh, made me go, oh, okay, like, if I ever wanted to work with people in funny costumes outside of my stuff, this covers it. But it also reminds me why I n- never try to make a you know, big-budget comic book movie and stuff. Yeah. Um, those sh- episodes shoot in eight days. Wow. In eight days, you're wow. done with your 42-page script. And usually by day five, I'm like, are we still doing this? <laughs> like, I, I just get bored very easily. Right, and yeah. those movies take a long time. And it's all about, like, we shot half a page of dialogue today. And, like, I'm used to shooting wow. five, seven pages of dialogue and stuff. So, I, I mean, I, it's not me going, like, I'm too brilliant. I'd have to throttle down. But, like, I don't have the patience. Or, let's be honest, the visual acumen to pull that kind of stuff off. I, my version of a superhero movie, like in Jay and Silent Bob reboot, we have a little scene from Blunt Man v. Chronic. All they do is sit around and talk to each other. Nobody right. fights. There's no action whatsoever. Right. In my you know action movie, in my comic book movie, they'd probably sit around and talk about Star Wars for half an hour. So I'm, that's not really like the field 
that I should be in. But Lord knows I appreciate it like crazy. And people are like, when are you going to make one of these? I'm like, I ain't in it to make one of these. I'm in it to enjoy these. Like, this is the place where I get to be an audience member. You know, Martin Scorsese fairly recently was like, this is not cinema. We were talking about it. I, he's absolutely entitled to his opinion. He's a right. genius. And he right. built cinema yeah. almost single-handedly. But that being said, Martin Scorsese probably, like, if I said to him, musicals aren't cinema. Martin Scorsese gave me an eloquent argument about why they were. Why? Because he grew up with his parents going to musicals and right. stuff. He made one himself, New York, New York. And he, to him, oh, my God, musicals are definitely a part of the cinematic fabric and stuff. He didn't grow up going to Marvel movies. He didn't grow up going to action movies like I did with my dad. Like, when I go to a Marvel movie, I don't. I see what they're doing, but I also feel like, oh, this is like when I went to see Empire Strikes Back. This feels like when I went to see Raiders of the Lost Ark for the first time with my old man. And... For those movies to, like, summon up the dead, because when I watch a Marvel movie, it's like my old man sitting there with me. I get wow. the same feeling. I know again. that. I know that That's feeling. That's absolute cinema. That's the very definition of cinema and stuff. It, so it, I love those, but I don't want to make those. Like, I'm happy to be an audience member for that. Like, it's just because I work in the movie field doesn't mean I got to make every kind of movie there is. And and making a movie like that takes a specialized talent and stuff. So that's where I turn off. I'm a filmmaker and turn on. I'm the audience again. It allows me to go back to a place that I honestly never thought I'd be able to return to. Once you know how the sausage is made, how on earth are you supposed to enjoy sausage ever again? But when I watch those Marvel movies, I don't even know how they make the sausage. I'm like, just keep giving it to me. Kill those kids. The vegan goes crazy for those Marvel movies. Speaking of being in the audience, we had a quick conversation before you came on about uh, the Watchmen uh, movies. And before, Amazing. When, the, when the teasers were coming, I was just like, I was saying silent prayers, please do it right, please do it right, please do it right. We were both like, uh, this is can go either way so quickly. I watched the first episode three times in two days. It, I'm, I'm, I'm like, this is, I watched it multiple times. This is phenomenal. I told my wife, and she doesn't get into like the superhero stuff, she loves Regina King, yeah. and she loves Southland. I was like, then you have to watch this, because it's a cop show. And she's like, it's about superheroes. I was like, no, they wear masks. There's a big difference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. I remember when they announced it, uh, I was like, oh, great. They're going to do Watchmen the right way. They're going to do like a 12-episode maxi-series and stuff. And then they were like, no, it's a sequel series. And I'm like, a sequel? Wait, to the movie or to the books? <laughs> right. Because not, you know, some people knew the movie, but not mm -hmm. everyone knows the books. And how are you going to do that? And then he started saying all these things like, I'm trying to make it feel tonally like it felt to me as I read The Watchmen for the first time. And I'm like, that's an intriguing idea, but how are you going to pull it off? They're literally pulling it off. As yeah. I watch every episode, it ha does have that same feeling of discovery as when I was watching Watchmen. It's incredibly smart, very clever, but very relatable as well. <laughs> every one of those incidents, I mean, number one, the whole thing's predicated on a real-life incident that, like, most of us didn't even know about. So great entertainment can not only entertain you, but educate you as well. So we all learned about Tulsa Massacre and stuff. And then they built uh, what most people would consider at one point or another disposable comic book culture, comic book story on a historical incident and made The Watchmen about something real. It's about race relations, yeah. for heaven's sake. Nobody's – I didn't see that coming. They didn't tip that at all. And suddenly you're like, look, I, sh I came for this and you guys gave me this. So yeah. I'm sticking around, man. Mm -hmm. Oh, it is fantastic. I've Like you said – I've watched every episode multiple times. I don't do that for other things. <laughs> right. This, but I got to get into it. I'm looking at the details. And he is nailing it. He is capturing the feeling of what it was like to read that book. Now, I love Damon. I've interviewed him on our, one of our shows. He was on spoilers and stuff. This is Damon Lindelof. Damon Lindelof, the creator yeah. of the show. 
But, you know, Damon also has a history of getting you to a place where you're like, this is brilliant, and then <laughs> dropping the ball. And yeah. then, what about the smoke monster? <laughs> Thank you. Thank I you. Have utter faith that he's going to pull it off. Like, this is, this is, it means the world to him. This is uh, part of the stuff that sends him on his creative journey to make him the show creator that he winds up being. I think he's going to honor it right to the end. And I think because he has, because he has a structure. And a lore. But he doesn't think about well, it. Well, like, I know he's going off into virgin territory, he's doing his own thing. Yeah, but but he, but there are certain constraints uh, that he's that he's going to have to stick to. But well, think about a, it. What a, are those? Really, nothing. Think in the first three episodes of the show. Yeah, they're completely untethered from the book. I guess you're right. Yeah, and he is kind of creating his own thing. So at this point, because I, I thought about the same thing, I was like, oh. Well, now that Damon has some structure, of course he's making like something in, you know, that you can watch from beginning to end. But there, I thought about it. I was like, no, there's no structure. He's he's not going off of like, well, it has to be like this because this was in the book. He's free form, but he's found a discipline to tell this story, which is translating to people that don't even like stuff like this. Yeah, people who don't, they've never read Watchmen. They can enjoy this thing, and well, it will in turn send them back to Watchmen yep. to read it. And suddenly, you've got a bunch of new comic book readers for an industry that always needs help. That's a great thing. What, yeah. what do you think, Alan Moore would think of? Uh... I wonder. Off the top, this... for those that don't know, Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons created the Watchmen. Uh, Moore wrote, and and Dave Gibbons drew. Alan Moore has since long time ago taken his name off the Watchmen when it's in another medium. So yeah. if you wa- if you buy the Watchmen graphic novel, it says written by Alan Moore. If you see anything like the Watchmen movie or now the Watchmen TV series, it says based on the book by Dave Gibbons. Alan Moore's name's not on it. Alan Moore is famously uh, like anti-movies of his films. He's not anti-movies. He seems to love movies. But he's like, these things that I've written, they're not meant for other mediums. And I can't stand when they try to translate them. So V for Vendetta, he was out on that He was out on that. He's never been in on any of them and stuff. Who was the tracer for that? Uh, well, Gibbons was his own tracer. He did it all. So Dave Gibbons is now the face of Watchmen it, it, outside of comic books in the medium and stuff. So as I watched the show, you know, Damon said before the show started, he was like, you know, Alan probably hates us and, and, and stuff. Never thought about it until I was on episode three. And I was like, I wonder what he would think of this. Like, would he respect the spirit of it? Something tells me that I, and I don't know him. I've never met Alan Moore, but I've just read a bunch of interviews. But it would be something along the lines, if I had to guess, of, like, um, look, this is great, this Watchmen show. Why call it Watchmen? Yeah. Like, call it anything else. Right. It's really not related to what I did and stuff. Right. And I, I can I... see that point of view, but, like, that show is made by an ardent fan who their life was changed by that source material. And he's smart enough, Damon, to not go, like, I'm going to adapt the Watchmen. Because then that puts you in trouble. Like yeah. with a bunch of people playing, it ain't as good as the book. But he took the feeling of that book and created a brand new thing. I got to imagine on some level, Alan Moore would like that. I don't know. He would. He maybe would not admit it. But I, and I was thinking exactly the same As a thing. Storyteller, it probably gets closer it. to something he might give a a slight nod to. More so than like when they in DC did the before Watchmen series, where they were doing books that were based on the characters before the stories, and I some know. of them were really great. But yeah. that is something that treads on canon. Yeah. So you run the risk of like offending somebody. This doesn't tread on canon. In yeah. fact. It adheres to canon more than Zack Snyder's movie did in as much as it deals with the squid. It talks about the giant squid. Right. And that yeah. was a big part of the book. So I got to think on some level if he was into, if he ever bothered to give it a role or something, as a storyteller, I think he'd be like, well done. 
Some I some hope. great stuff. I mean, and we you talk about the fan. We also we were huge fans of the the series uh, The Boys. Oh my god, which yeah. I mean, that was so good. I saw yeah. I saw you going off on that. And, and that was one of those shows where I was like, should I have made this? <laughs> you know, like this is right up my alley. I mean, from beginning to end. Thunders, and it's one of those ones. A lot of times when I get out of the gate, and people go, like, "You should check this out." Uh, I wasn't even familiar with the source material. I had no idea. It came out of nowhere. Like, ah, book, I watch yeah. the show, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" The first ten minutes, I'm like, "I'm in." By man. the time they get to the sequence uh, where Homelander and Maeve are on the plane, and oh my like, god! Spoilers, spoilers. If you don't want to know, but they're like, "We can't save these people." Yep. I've never seen that scene in comics. I've never seen it in the movies. Like, it's so true. To, it's so like incredibly it's, gripping. It, it takes it takes a Weird. Okay, so we're going to buy that they can do this, but for them to say, and it's a question we've all asked, what is he pushing off against? That's what he said. He was hold, just like, "What am I leaning against? How am I lifting this plane up if I'm not? <laughs> how am I?" And all those things. And he was just so like kind of cold and logical. And about his line it. But then when the he people, turns on the people, yeah, that's like that was gripping as heck when he was just like, "Back off!" and his eyes light up and yeah. stuff. And then you realize like all these people are going to die. Yep. Oh, it was nuts. So well done. I, I that I watched that scene five times. I kept going back on they did not. Yeah. This is compelling. Scenes like that make me as a storyteller go like I give up. Oh wow. I can't be that good. When you go back That's and brilliant. rewatch, what do you what are you doing? Um I'm what? looking for performance beats. Okay. I'm looking for dialogue because I want to hear the lines that led up to the moment. I mean, I is this see like if there's anything I missed to get to that conclusion? Is this like dissecting a football play? I mean, probably okay. like play by play where yeah. they go back and they start doing X's and O's on the screen. All right, let me like see that. what the uh, the left uh, tackle's doing Same here. Same thing here because okay. as a storyteller, I'm like. That blew me away. I want to know how that just happened. So I'll go back and watch it and be like, damn. And, you know, it's not normally just that one scene. Of course, you've got to go back throughout the entire series to Mm -hmm. earn a moment like that. Like, there were a couple episodes prior to that, and then suddenly that scene has way more impact. I'm thinking about Watchmen and Boys and and, uh, X-Men. As a a writer, at what point in your life and your career did you really begin to understand allegory and, and thinking about, hey, this is not just about... Superheroes. This is about outcasts, and I gotta be honest with you. Until you brought it up, I don't think I've ever thought. Of it. Um, <laughs> we just had an epiphany here. Early on, my my old man was uh, very. Like, he was a big reader, so at the end of the day, when I'd be reading comics, you know, he'd be like, "Well." That's not just about that. Yeah, yeah. My mom's an English teacher, and and so she would point these things out to me. I'm like, no. Yes. Oh wait. Yeah. yeah you're all smarter it than takes me. is an erudite parent, somebody who's just a little smarter than than you, <laughs> or a lot smarter than you, and with enough free a time and inclination than... to be like, well, I'm going to knock this kid's socks off. <laughs> yeah. Spider Man is an allegory for all of us. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. They're actually teaching. Uh, my, I brought my son to um, uh, St. Joe's Prep. It's a high school in the uh, in the area, and uh, senior English they. Um, are taught Watchmen. Like, it is it is required oh, reading. Wow. That makes me and, so happy yeah. to hear. Because, number one, it's quality reading material. Mm-hmm. Number two, you can dissect that and learn a bunch about it. Number three, it has history in it as well mm-hmm. because he kind of set it in a yeah. historical era with Reagan and stuff. Yeah. I can see that absolutely working. Like, look, I'm no not thumbing my nose at the classics, but I was made to read some really boring crap when I was in school. Johnny if, Tremaine? Yes. <laughs> if they handed me the Watchmen, I'd be like, I'm in. More reading like this. Yep. It, it, is, uh, it is true. Go. Question. Uh, do you have to take off right away? I, I, let me take a look at my... Uh, Five hours, 18 minutes from here to Logan International. So that's, <laughs> is that that's what, what it is? That, yeah, yeah. Do, is your event at the airport? <laughs> yeah, we're doing it right there. As planes come in, we'll be having a performance be on the runway. Because we do have to take a break. Take we a break. I can, I'm being right. here until like 8.30. I love it. Kevin yeah. Smith yeah. in our studio. We'll be back in just a moment. 
I'm going to give away a $25 gift card to our friends at Lorenzo's and Sons Pizza. And uh, don't forget, they've been voted one of the best 100-month pizzerias in the entire country on four different occasions. We'll take call number 7 at 215-263-WMMR and get you on board. Don't forget, they're at the Wells Fargo Center, the newest location, Xfinity Live, and in Westchester, too. We'll be back in a moment. Proudly supports Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger beginning Monday, December 2nd at Xfinity Live in the Wells Fargo Center Complex. If scheduling prevents you from attending in person, you can still make a difference. Stop by your local Acme throughout November and make a donation at the register. Just look for the Camp Out can when you go. Your donation goes towards foods that fill abundance needs most to help area families. Go to WMMR.com slash campout for complete details and a list of especially needed food items. Acme Markets and 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. Kevin Smith is here, and we're talking about Jay and Silent Bob reboot and whatever else we feel like talking about. I was just thinking of, like, uh, growing up listening to the radio, listening to, like, the traffic report. That stuff gets embedded <laughs> in your head. Like, yes. like, you are somebody's childhood right now. You don't know it. You sit there rattling off the traffic and whatnot, but, like... Somewhere, some kid is just like, I live for that traffic. One <laughs> <laughs> day, and when traffic. they grow up, and when they hear your voice, they'll be like, "That is the sound of a happy child." It's <laughs> <laughs> really kind of amazing. Um, I, you mentioned uh, King of Prussia Mall. This is not really a story, but like, I, and I think I might have told you guys. I'm not sure, but my sister went to Cabrini. Oh, so okay. I spent a lot of time in the area um, from 1983 to 1987. I went to a Cabrini arts camp. Uh, as a punishment, one year, uh, I, I, it was it was the sweetest punishment I ever had. But my parents like uh, caught me in the house. They went to Atlantic City, and I had a girl over, and they came home, and the girl was there, and stuff. Uh, you're going to like school. you're getting out of here, man. We're sending you to your sister's, and you're going to arts camp for the summer. And I was like, oh, okay. And I, I was a kid who liked acting, so like I really fell in love with it and stuff. So I spent a bunch of time in the area, including King of Prussia Mall. So the day Ghostbusters comes out. We go see Ghostbusters at King of Prussia Mall, and there was a, a Bennigan's there. Yes. <laughs> okay. We go to Bennigan's right after, and on the menu, for the first time ever in my life, I see mozzarella sticks. Oh. <laughs> this is when they, this is the era yeah. when the mozzarella stick was introduced <laughs> oh into restaurants. God. It just uh-huh. premiered. Kids, like, you're like, come on, that's always been around. There was a time where there was, just like there was a time there was no salsa, there was a time where there was no mozzarella stick. Right. And I remember, like, going, what is that? And they told me, and my mom's like, mozzarella is cheese. It's what they put on pizza. And I was like, can we get some of these? And we got mozzarella sticks. And for 30 years... I assumed that those were the first mozzarella sticks ever sold in America because they were my first. Yeah. I was like, I was there when they introduced mozzarella sticks in Bennigan's in Philadelphia area back in the 80s. And people look at me like, there. what are you, nuts? And I'm like, well, I guess it was my first experience. But whenever I hear about King of Prussia, I think about, oh, that was where we yeah, discovered mozzarella sticks. Not even like, that's where I saw Ghostbusters. Right. You can tell there's a fat kid buried in me because I'm like, that's where I first ate cheese. Have you ever been back to Cabrini? My brother went there. Went to Cabrini? Yeah. Oh, my Lord. I love that school. I didn't go there. She did. But yeah. she went four years, and I got to spend a lot of time there. When I went for that summer to be punished, like I was staying with my sister, she was staying at the dorms. So I was living with a bunch of women, well, lady, you know, girls, because yeah. they were like 19, 20, but yeah, I was 13, yeah. 14. 
all summer long, man. And they all treated me like a little brother. None, none of them were like, hey, let's have sex. That would have been amazing. <laughs> but they all, that would have been, oh, could you imagine? I would have told my parents I was so punished this summer. But they you all were like, uh, like, my sister had a boyfriend, so she was busy and stuff. So the rest of them would take me out. So they took me to see, like, Bachelor Party. They took me to all R-rated wow. movies that summer. It was so wonderful. But I did hope that one of them would, like, fall in love with me and be like, nobody's here. Let's go for it. Never happened. Never, Never you know, happened. You, you remember those? You just mentioned Bachelor Party, and we had Adrian Zemed in here. Oh, my Lord. He's so good in that movie. He, and he yeah. was a great TJ interview. Hooker's Adrian Zemed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and he, he was exactly what you want. You know, as, as Quentin Tarantino started to... In, by the way, he loves uh, Red State, you know, as you well know. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. uh, but uh, um, yeah, as he starts to incorpor- incorporate people from his, you know, from his childhood days, yeah. or those those pivotal people, do you still have people on the? I've got to put them in a movie list. Oh my God, yes, I would love to work with Robert Shaw, who played Clinton oh, Jaws, but yeah. he's he's he dead. dead. He's, he's been dead, dead for about forty years. <laughs> if tough. you could it's pull it off, well, yeah. I don't know. They're bringing back James Dean, yes. So it's possible we what get Robert Shaw. That? Robert Shaw, by the I way, just... is, I'm wearing the shirt from Russia with Love, and he plays Grant, yes, the assassin, in that. in that, and he is sensational. He's wonderful. And he's that, always one great. of the my best favorite role is other than Jaws. We know him as Clinton stuff. If you're a movie person and you haven't seen it. Check out A Man for All Seasons where he plays Henry VIII. And he's got, you know, a five-minute scene, but it's so tour de force and bravura that he steals the movie out from under Paul Schofield for, like, that period of time. Because he he's like a child. It's crazy. He reminds you, you know, of of some uh, political figures that we have to deal with sometimes. He goes from zero to 60, (laughs) where he's, like, calmly rational, and then suddenly he's screaming like a child. Uh, It's such a great performance. And he was Um, a great playwright, by the way. Yes, he wrote a play as well. I have have the one that he wrote. uh, He wrote a few, but I've got one that he wrote at home that Betty Aberlin had given me. But Lady Aberlin. Wow. Mr. Rogers? Mr. Rogers. Yeah, she's been in a bunch of our flicks and stuff. She was first one in, was Dogma. She's the nun in the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. She came into audition. I was like, "Is this Lady Aberlin?" No like, way. You don't have to She's audition. You're hired. So I put her in stuff ever since. We just did this movie. Kilroy was here that we shot with a bunch of college students. That'll come out later. But the question about uh, other people in your James, list, James Dean. James, James Dean. Dean. Yeah. I here's my question. I mean, like, if you got technology, go for it. I guess. But like, is anybody going like, man, I'd I'd pay to see a James Dean movie right now? Like, when you cast a star in a movie, you're doing it because that star is going to bring a bunch of people into the audience. Most of James Dean's audience has passed away. Yeah. Like, he was an old movie star. Right. Fairly old. I just don't know who this would be for then. Is it So is it based on, so, like with The Irishman, they've done a lot of that de-aging stuff that right. they did. Who, this to, is uh, more like Peter Cushing's right. yep. uh, Avatar in Rogue One. Right. So or th- Carrie Fisher's, where it's like, these people aren't here, but we're putting, we're skinning them like a Sims character on another actor. So you'll get to watch them act again. There's which a is weirdness weird to it. You're not watching that person act at all. Yeah, but no. Marlon Brando was way into it. Marlon Brando had himself scanned, and he was like, "This is the future. I'm going to be in movies long after I'm dead." <laughs> so you know, on a certain point, like on the ego level, perhaps James Dean would have appreciated being resurrected. But he, I, you know, again, I never, never met the guy and stuff. But anything I've read or saw about him over the years didn't really indicate that he was the kind of guy that was like i'm a populist like put me in every movie and stuff like that put me in a marvel movie i'll play agents of shield so i i it seems kind of weird well there's no there's no disrespect well maybe disrespectful i don't know like this guy i saw a tweet online that i thought was hysterical they were like 
Um, we asked James Dean for his comment on being resurrected for a movie, and it was just a photo of a pile of bones. <laughs> you know, like, so James Dean obviously has no opinion on the matter, but, like, I don't know. If, and there's and, no, there's, and there's, if he doesn't, why should I? There's no algorithm that can replicate his acting uh, abilities. Absolutely. So what you're getting is basically a visual... Somebody rep- doing an impression. impression yeah. performance. Yeah. Like, essentially... Uh, uh, remember Philip Seymour Hoffman played Capote? Yeah. That's what you're getting, but somebody putting a skin on top of it so it looks exactly right. like Capote. So, I mean, interesting in an uncanny valley kind of way, and maybe that makes a few people go to the movie theater. But honestly, like, wouldn't wouldn't you be more inclined to go if they're like, we got a CG Tom Hanks? Yeah. And they're like, wait, but Tom Hanks is around. <laughs> like, yeah, but we built a CG one. I guess that's what Polar Express was. It is. Yeah. And that agree. was talking about that uncanny valley. And that everyone out. Yeah. So, so with deep fakes and the stuff that they're starting to, and they, they've, you're always aware. And like, for example, in Rogue One, which it was to me, which is such an emotionally wonderful thing to see a young Princess Leia going right. seconds away from going into episode four uh, was was great at the at the end of that. But uh, with some of the deep fakes are so good. Yeah, like there's they did a series where they the, Jim Carrey uh, inserted for Jack Nicholson in The Shining, and you will sit there and you yeah. there's virtually nothing that will indicate it wasn't that. As a filmmaker, I mean, while it just to me seems like it's a gimmick. I don't I don't see Huge any gimmick. other application. It's a special for. effect, just yeah. like any special effect, and when used accordingly, you know, can yeah. really satisfy an audience and stuff. But when used not accordingly, it, it creates what they call the uncanny valley effect, where you're looking at it going like, yeah, it looks real, but something's wrong. Something's wrong. I know Something something's wrong with it. it. We saw one, you know, Ralph Garman, who I do Hollywood Babylon with, a Philadelphian Ralph Garman. He's great. He uh, does a Stallone impression, which is pretty damn good. Somebody deep faked a video of us, and they put Stallone's face <laughs> on Ralph, and it's crazy. Like, yeah. All of a sudden, I was like, when did I sit next to Stallone? <laughs> but, it, you know, it's somebody uh, just working with zeros and ones and pixels to kind of create an image they want. It's pretty astounding. But I can't see this is the future. I can't see, like, they're like, hey, man, now Marilyn Monroe's back as well. It, it's, it's, it's interesting, but I, I think there's also some other potentially really incredible actors out there that can build up legends of their own. May want to try them as well. You know what I'm saying, like, yeah. how about acting is for the living. Yeah, like you know, like you only get a small time on this planet, right? Right. And if you're lucky, like you have to go through a zillion gauntlets to become like you know, some movie star that people know and stuff. You know, James Dean, he had his time. It was and three, he enjoyed three, it. Three pictures that he's known for, and, and, and they're classics. Long after his death, people yeah. are still like, "Hey, James Dean, he's an icon and stuff." And now he's. But hating. I don't think we need to like puppeteer him like Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not chomping at the bit to go see this movie, uh, but I, I want to ask you. So the, the the show has become friendly and friends with uh, Michael Giacchino, mm-hmm. uh, composer. Um, what a wonderful composer. The modern day, I mean, nobody wants to, I'm sure you don't want to hear this, but he's like the modern day Danny Elfman. There's yeah. a period where Danny Elfman was the guy everybody went to, yeah. and right now it's Michael Giacchino. So Nick has struck up a really great relationship with him, and as they were scoring Spider-Man um, Homecoming, Homecoming mm-hmm. these guys got to go into the studio and, yeah, and, stage. and, and watch yeah. it watch With it a get full scored. orchestra and stuff? Oh, my God. Isn't that astounding? It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was it's astounding incredible. when you see a full orchestra, period, and they're making music because you're like, there's so much talent. <laughs> they, when they make music where you're like, that's the Spider-Man theme. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, this is a great use of millions of dollars. And they hadn't mm-hmm. rehearsed it all, and they're just picking up yeah. the sheet music, and then they, they do go. it on the first shot yeah. every time. Oh, it's just, yeah. we did that. Uh, we had a full orchestra, oddly enough, on uh, Dogma. Well, that made sense because that was Howard Shore was the composer, the guy who did Lord of the Rings and stuff. Wow. But we had it on Jim Venable had a full orchestra on Jane and Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> so I remember we went to the That's day great. of record, and he had never worked with an orchestra. He was the Powerpuff Girls composer, so he was all synth and stuff. 
But we were like, uh, hey, we're going to do the score. And the person who was in charge of the music was like, do you have a person that you like? And Jim had never done it before. And he just spit out like the most famous name he knew. And they're like, all right, we'll get that person. And then suddenly he had full orchestra. So his grandmother was still around and he brought her to be able to see it. And, you know, that score I absolutely love. But... It's Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. not like, yeah. hey, this is the score for Schindler's List. Right? <laughs> We're going to win Oscars. Yeah. But to see a full orchestra playing these goofy cues, man, and having a good time, like they were all laughing because generally they play very serious music. And this was very Elmer Bernsteinian music in as much as it's meant to sound serious, but it's obviously played comedically. They enjoy themselves. Like you watch the people who are like paid session members who are used to like performing cracking up because they're like oh this is so stupid like, well, the, and having a good time with it it's such a great experience being in a room for we that. were there for about eight or ten hours we were there for the whole session and, and you uh, don't get bored right no 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 i was in fact i was kind of nervous being there i felt really out of place <laughs> and in fact it, it went to a, a gazillion levels higher than that after this guy came in he sat down for a while to so make some some notes said a couple things and he left and nick goes that, you know who was sitting next to us it was kevin Fagey. And we're like, uh, 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 I didn't know that. <laughs> and he he made like a a the best Kevin in the world, <laughs> <laughs> the one Kevin we have to protect. <laughs> he made like a, like a sweeping hand gesture that okayed a a, a go ahead on something that just cost oodles of cash yeah. right. about using a song. They were like, we can't find the right thing to do here. Can we just grab a song and, and use it, you know, from the catalog? Neil He's like, yeah. yeah. And we were like, later on, we're like, we're doing the money in our head. We're like, oh my God, he <laughs> just made that decision like that. Well, I saw your they print this... movie. That, those Marvel movies are a bank. So yep. at a certain point, they're like, spend it. We're going to get a bank. Do it, yeah. 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 The yeah. soundtrack for uh, Jane Silent Bob reboot just got a, a nod from, uh, was it the LA Times? or LA uh, Weekly, I think. LA Weekly, yeah, like giving you about the, the soundtrack of the week. Very so we got, we got lucky with reboot in as much as a lot of things like i think because we've been around for a while like i've seen all ends of this business including people being like go away you suck yeah and now post heart attack they're like all right you could stay you lived (laughs) you're the boy who lived and so there's enough nostalgia for the 90s too where people like hey he's back it culminated in this awesome thing like that i never saw coming i was never trying for and i never imagined would ever happen me and Jay put our handprints in the cement at yeah. the Chinese Theater oh in God. Los Angeles. Groman's Chinese Theater, now the TCL Man's Theater. Um, that's the place where, you know, they got the famous handprints and stuff. We've got out in Los Angeles and Hollywood stars on the sidewalk and stuff. There are lots of those. We don't have one of those. But the rare space is the courtyard. Um, and that's, like, truly Hollywood. I never thought we'd be in there because that's, like... Clint Eastwood's in there. Mm. The kids from Harry Potter. Errol Flynn. Errol Flynn. Uh, what's his name? Jimmy Durante with yeah, his Mel nose Brooks. pressed into it. Mel Marilyn Brooks. Monroe. Mm-hmm. These are absolute Marilyn Monroe. Absolute legends. And then as time has gone on, they've added new legends and stuff. So Tom Cruise is in there. George Lucas. Steven Spielberg and stuff. But that was never going to be for us. Particularly because we're not synonymous with Hollywood. We're very New Jersey. And we wound up getting our handprints and our feet in the cement, uh, like, what was it, a month ago. I flew my whole family out and stuff because in 1979, my old man, my mom, my brother, my sister, and me, uh, we went on a train ride, like, cross-country, went to Hollywood. They knew I was a big Hollywood fan and stuff. And my uh, dad, like, we were looking at the footprints. I got R2-D2, C-3PO, Darth Vader had just gone into the cement at that point. It was, like, 1979-80. And so my dad, like, we're showing me, he's like, this one's this one, explaining who the people I don't know are. But I knew a lot of them because I was a big Hollywood fan and stuff. And the old man says something stupid that you say to kids, like, just, you know, pass the time, whatever. Not like this is a seed, this is a plan because we weren't from this world and stuff. 
But my old man goes, maybe you'll be here one day. Wow. And 40 years from that moment, because that was in 1979. This is here we are, 2019. 40 years later, we were there in the courtyard. So my family You're was there. My dad's gone, but I brought my dad's ashes with me. So oh, for the first wow. time, we were all together. There they are wow. in my hand. And then, like, right before we left... Like, there was a little space next to my handprint, so I took my old man's ashes. See the circle there? Yeah. And yeah, pushed yeah. it into the that is cement. Awesome. So he's there as well. Wow. I mean, he brought us there. And, That's and amazing. I can't imagine. Like, my mom was blown away. Affleck was there. He was. Uh, he read for us, like, uh, and my kid read for us as well. And Affleck, before we went, he was like, I cannot believe that you two are getting this done before me. <laughs> and I was like, I know, Batman. I don't know what to tell you. So it was incredibly special. And that was something that really felt like I was never going for that. Yeah. That's like beyond a dream. Yeah. Like a dream is something you don't get to attain. That's and a being pinnacle. being in the courtyard, that, Yeah, that's never. a pinnacle Hollywood. That is a, that if you want to talk about, and you're right, you represent I I was done the ultimate Hollywood point. outsider. Yeah. At being... There's no bigger embrace of someone than that. That is old, old Hollywood. <laughs> it was warm and wonderful. And it was somebody asked me, Ashley, my old assistant, she was like, How do you feel? And I said, Like, the best word I could describe it is safe. Yeah. I, for the first time in 25 years mm. of my career, I feel safe because you're always struggling to stay relevant. You're always struggling to make something. You're always struggling to be like there in their face. Like, you don't get a career like mine when you don't have. Oodles of talent like a Tom Cruise or a Tom Hanks or a Steven Spielberg and stuff. You don't get a career like mine unless you live in everyone's face. Yeah. Like, I'm more of a fan of the audience than the audience is of me. And, and clerks is a word that I've said every day for the last 25 years. So, like, I definitely stayed diligent in my career, but I never imagined that we'd be a part of that. And that made me feel safe. For the first time in 25 years, I was like, all right. We can breathe. Like I'm here. I ain't going anywhere. That's like, an amazing story. Yeah, out. yeah. We, we way, can all commiserate with with those moments. I was telling you off air about those moments that, you know, again, movies and what you do, and and we reference you all the time. So you are that for us in so many ways, where you can attach memories to those things and that moment of your dad saying maybe. And it stuck, and there you are. There it's we just were. My mom was so like, I can't believe it. Yeah, she was, and I was like. You know, I was like, Ma, you, you know, she was like, he, your father, I was like, he didn't, it wasn't a plan. He didn't <laughs> say it going like, this kid will, like, honestly, I'm sure he was like, the fat one? <laughs> He's going nowhere, you know? He likes Hollywood? Let's encourage that and stuff. So, your sister's in Cabrini. Exactly, yeah, like, yeah. she's the college kid. She'll wind up here. So to have it, like, to have it happen, my mom was, like, blown away. She was crying the whole time oh. and whatnot. Like, that was, you know, anyone who likes her son... Of course, she likes that because she's right. a mom. But my mom is also like, she can't hear this, so I can say this. My mom loves being Kevin Smith's mother. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she spends it like currency, man. She goes in every Publix in Florida, and she's like, you know who my son is? And then she'll tell him, and they'll be like, I don't know who that is, man. But she loves it so much. So that day, seeing all that, she was like, they love you in Hollywood, Tiger. I was like, just here today. That's yes. awesome. By the way, I typed in Kevin on IMDb, and there's only one Kevin above you. So do you know who Hold that on. Is? Let's try to... Let me... Let me Klein, Costner, or God forbid, Spacey? Uh, Costner. Costner, oh, thank the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's not bad. That's you not out, bad. You outrank Bacon, man. That's not bad either. Yeah. Holy, like, holy I crap. mean, and Feige's not even on that first page. He deserves so. to be there. That's the guy, for those listening at home don't know, Kevin Feige is the guy that, like, is responsible for the Marvel Universe. So if you've had any joy with these movies over the course of the last decade... 
That's the engineer. Yes, these movies have directors and writers, but there's somebody in a god seat going, we should do this. We should do this. And that's been Kevin for like who kept over it, a decade. Who kept it tonally correct all the way throughout. All the way through. That's why I look at things like the Harry Potter films, that even though you had multiple directors and things like that, mm. that it still maintained that series. That, tone all that the way sense through. of whimsy and that magic is unbelievably difficult. He's so, yeah. Mo- this guy, most important person in this business, he's a modern day. Like Walt Disney, and I don't say that like because I'm like, oh, I want to work with him. I love Kevin, like, right. but I don't want to make those movies and stuff. But I blow him up every chance I get. When I had the heart attack, I got a phone call one day, and they were just like, "Hold for Kevin Feige," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> and Kevin Feige called up, and he goes, "Look, I just want you to know." He's like, I'm glad you're good. I'm glad you're okay. He's going, but as a Kevin from New Jersey <laughs> that wanted to be in the movie business, like you going first meant everything to me. Like people come out of the woodwork. To t- give you their flowers yeah. while you're above ground when you go through something like that. If I had died, they'd be saying nice stuff in my absence. But he took the time to actually call and say some nice things to me and stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, that means the world. You guys are crushing it and stuff. And then the phone call ended, and I, I could not wait to tell people. I'm like, <laughs> Kevin Feige called me, and my wife was like, oh, my God, does he want you to make a Marvel movie? <laughs> and I was like, well, that never occurred to me, and now you just ruined the phone call. We had um, we had Ryan Johnson in studio like two oh, weeks he's ago. He's a lovely human being. So, but I had asked him because when he was, did you guys he, see Knives Out yet? Not no, yet. we won't. Not yet. It looks we fantastic. will. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, with, with um, uh, the Last Jedi, yeah, I had I'd asked him. I said, when you know that was presented to you, um, was there ever a hesitation? Like, oh, I don't. What if I ruin it? You know, what if I ruin this franchise? Right. And it wasn't even a thought to no. him. No. I would imagine. Well, for me, if somebody was like, "You want to make a Star Wars?" I'd be like, "Nah." I want to see a Star Wars. Yeah. And more importantly, if somebody was like, you want to make a Star Wars? I'd be like, no, but can I be in it? Yeah. Because that would be huge for me. Well, like, you, you talk about the whole notion, and I agree with this, about when you see how the sausage is made, you know, yeah. the, the using mm-hmm. using that idea, you know, you know how much, how great it is to savor the experience as an audience member. And that, that I, to me, in many cases, would override, let you do it and make it really good and I want to see it. Well, think about I look at it this way. Like, um... I'm I'm married. I've been married for 20 years, going on 21 years. And and me and her, me and the wife, Jen, we have lots of sex. And that's not bragging. It's just that's how we stay married and stuff. Uh, there are other attractive people in the world. Yeah. I don't have sex with all of them. You know what I'm saying? Just like I love those Marvel movies, but just because I make movies don't mean I got to make a Marvel movie, man. The same way, like, I'm faithful to my movies and stuff, but I can certainly look and appreciate and be like, wow, that's a damn fine film and stuff like that. <laughs> right. I do more looking at movies than I do it in real life. Jay is the actual, like, Jay and his wife, it's really adorable. Jay is, like, the kind of guy that's like, hello. Like, he's always looking at people and stuff. And not in a lascivious way, right, but yeah. he's always looking and I was like, man, you married now. And she's like, she likes that I look around. <laughs> I was like, I don't think that's the case at all. I have but to He's ask. such a married man, too, man, and, and an incredible dad. That guy makes me proud every day because he really shouldn't be here. Like, yeah. he, he almost killed himself multiple times with heroin and Oxycontin. It's a miracle that he's alive, man. And then for years I was like, he's only put on this earth to play Jay. That's the only thing I think he's good at. And so, like, thank the Lord he found that. But him being a dad, that's what he was putting. There's, here to there's do. so much that's improbable about both of you. Yeah, so more much. him than me. Yeah, to be but, honest but with and yet, and yet still, um, it, it you know again 
Sometimes, again, you just step back and it happens the way it was meant to be. Truly. And it's very cool. I have to ask you about ahead, totally. Matt Reeves and the Batman and Rob Pattinson, who I think could be a very Fantastic good Fantastic idea. Rob Pattinson, of course, we all know him as the sparkly vampire kid from <laughs> Twilight series. But he was an actor prior to that, and he was an actor after that. In terms of, like, actor, meaning, like, he was going for serious roles. He was in the Safdie Brothers movie. He's always going. He was in a Cronenberg uh, picture. Water for Elephants he's yes. very good he's in. He's always, like, doing performance-driven stuff. Like, even though he had Twilight, he yep. could have just been a genre kid. But it was important to him, seemingly, to go do some strong work. And it's led back to genre. Right. So, you know, I'm happy for him. Do I think he'll be a good Batman? Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, you put that suit on anybody. Yeah. They put that suit on Michael Keaton, and we all believed it. That yeah, was yeah. Mr. Mom for <laughs> sex. So I think, you know, like, he'll probably put on some muscle and yeah, stuff yeah. like that, and I think he'll be able to pull it off. But where I think he'll really pull it off is Bruce Wayne. Because Batman yeah. is a dude in a suit, man. Like, you put a mask on somebody, and basically Batman's truly a stuntman at the end of the day. Somebody who's doing all the fake punching and stuff yeah. like that. To nail that role, you got to nail Bruce Wayne. And I think that dude will be a, a very brooding, emo Bruce Wayne. I think he'll work out. Nice. I agree 100%. Yeah, and Matt Reeves to me is, I don't know if you're a Wonderful fan of the, of the, the I was not, I, and I was not that big into him. And then I eventually revisited them, and I'm like, these movies are effing good. They're really good. Um, I have a disconnect with them, though, because I grew up with the 70s. Planet of the Apes, yeah. where, you know, Roddy McDowell is wearing rubber makeup, and that, to me, is a talking chimpanzee. Yeah. And then you see these movies, and they're like, they spent an awful lot of money to to get the same effect. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. everyone's CG CGI. with the dots all over and stuff like that. I, you know, as a, I grew up with the, the tactile version of it, so I'm, I'm more... Um, affectionate about those, but I do love what he did with those Planet of the Apes movies. For yeah. a new generation, it was like, oh, that that's great, man. Stuff, yeah. I'm more of a low tech guy, but I think he'll be a fantastic Batman guy. And he's been working on this for what two years? At yeah, this point? yeah. I, I'm, I'm and very who excited. did they just announce? Um, Colin Farrell is going to be the Penguin. The Penguin, yeah. interesting choice. So they're not doing like heavy set Penguin and stuff. Right. And nice that they don't feel tied to that anymore because every heavy set actor in town was like, "Who will play the Penguin?" You and know, Paul when they were Dano. talking about. Ooh. Paul Dano's going to be Riddler. Riddler. And then did I hear something about McConaughey, or is that a rumor? I've heard, I don't know if that's been confirmed. But I, I don't see him on the list right now. Rumor was uh, possibly Harvey Dent, which I found oh. kind of interesting. Will he, he take a shirt off on it? I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Will he play the bong- bongos? That's the bigger question. Uh, but yeah, that, man, that movie's shaping up to be something kind of special. And uh, it sounds like they're doing more... Detective Batman, then you know, look at all my gadgets, look at all my muscles. It's more the thinking that's Batman. always he was always. I know, you know obviously, the world's greatest, the world's detective. greatest detective. That's how yeah. they yeah. sell them and yeah. stuff. And in the movies, never quite as much. It's more about the gack and the tech, and I yeah. got all the money and stuff. So it'd be nice to see them do him as the as modern day Sherlock Holmes, the yeah. guy who detects, the criminologist. Yep. Uh, all right, so it's eight thirty. I know you got to get running. I'm gonna. I'm going to Boston, man. <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Where, where are those? So Nishamani, Cherry Hill, and they, and uh, what was the other one? Was Hamilton. Although uh, yeah. I got ready. You said Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah. And that's going to be this weekend. You can get out and see. That's it? right. Today it's open. Uh, today, okay. Nishimini, Cherry Hill, and Hamilton, the 24th. Are the dates up on your, your site? It's, you can go okay. see on my Twitter or on uh, RebootRoadShow.com. has all the information, or you can just hit Fandango.com. Um, it's a wonderful movie. Uh, people who see it with me seem to like it. I've not talked to anybody who saw it without me yet, so <laughs> right. I can't vouch for We're that. We're going to go see wide it. Wide release is November 29th, so that's it's, well, the Wide release is like basically, there's never like, we're on 2,000 screens. Everywhere we tour the movie, then it comes out. Okay. So we're never having like a big-ass wide release. Okay, all right. 
right. There's well, more platform release. I'm on board. Listen, uh, you're the best. You guys L- rock. Thank love you. Love that you me. came by here. Thank you. Yeah, well, you guys are the only people in the world I get up for three hours of sleep. And I was like, you know what? I would talk to those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Give Jay our best. I will. And uh, let's hear it for Kevin. Guys. Pleasure, kid. Have Kevin's a great back. day, Philly. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a second. And our friends from Lorenzo's will do some more giveaways in just a few minutes. Stay with us. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. If you use the Preston and Steve Show uh, segments as your time marker on the way into work, uh, number one, God help you. So, like, let's say, you know, well, I usually get to work right after the bizarre file or something like that. Well, we skipped the B file because uh, Kevin Smith had some extra time to hang out with us. So, of course, with you know, we, any time that we can get with Kevin, we are happy to uh, uh, to accommodate because he's just the greatest. And uh, so we skipped the bizarre file and we spent an extended conversation with Kevin. So we're gonna we're gonna do a bizarre file in just a moment. Uh, right before we do that, though, I want to give a little plug a Rooney and congratulations uh, to Casey's three kids because last night. I went to my first time ever inside the hallowed halls of Cardinal O'Hara High School. All the years that I've been sitting next to this guy, I finally got to see where he went to school. And it's it's a great, it's an old school. It's got yeah. a lot of, you can tell it's been around for a while. And it's it's got a, a it's seasoned. It's got yes. a flavor to it. Been around a long, I mean, since the 60s. And, uh, and so his three kids uh, are in a production of Frozen. And uh, Casey, his oldest, Casey, his daughter Casey, is freaking Olaf, man. Oh, that's a cool role to have. Yeah, you get yeah. a comic relief. Yeah. Yep. And, and she want like, that was the role that she wanted. Yeah. Um, she had set goals out for this school year, and one of the goals was to get Olaf in this production. Yep. And she got it. And she knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Really? It was yeah. great. To quote my daughter, that was amazing. <laughs> so I took my I took uh, two of my kids last night, and they loved it. The performance was great. The the whole who, who's the production? Who's the who's the group that puts that on? So it's Catholic Community Choir, and um, so this guy Jeff Brackenier, he's the the director, and uh, he's uh, I, I believe he does um, like the musical stuff for Cardinal Harrow High School as well. Like he's the musical director there. Uh, he and his sister Amy Kate started this um there was there was a need for you know children's theater in the delaware county area um i mean they have like barnstormers and all this stuff right uh, right right. uh summer stage up at arby but you know this one is for um kids that are in catholic school or ccd or or whatever so they kind of just created this out of nowhere 12 years ago and it is sort of it's taken on a life of its own. And there was a really cool moment in the show, and I'd say it, it definitely got some of the biggest applause, other than the finale, which, you know, everybody mm-hmm. goes crazy for that. But when uh, when Elsa goes from, uh, you know, just a standard, you know, Queen of Arendelle to the Ice Queen, you know, right, that, right. that kind of reveal, the, the moment where she sings, um, you know, uh, let, let, it, it go. Go, let It Go. And they do a, uh, they do this costume switch that it was all, I didn't see it happen. I, it, it was like magic. It was it was pretty awesome. She the transitions like bang, it happens. So like, like whoa on like, the stage production they do they they have like you know ice projections and things like that. Is that what you guys were doing? Ice stuff produc- like yeah, that. Stuff like wow, that. that's I mean, awesome. Uh, you know, snow was coming down, but there was a I, I was like wait. I didn't see that happen. What just happened there? What just happened here? She's in a totally different costume and she's right in front of my eyes. This is 
Sorcery! Yeah, she didn't go behind <laughs> anything, and it, and it just like was it was you know one of those cool stage. That's moments excellent. Where, like, hey, well, that's cool that? that they can do that. I remember uh, I used to listen the uh, the school productions growing up were. They were nice, but they were they were also oh, like, sure. oh, yeah. Yeah, we're doing yeah. the longest day. You're doing the invasion of Normandy, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, they, 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 with the tech and stuff they can do now, yeah. it's, it's pretty astonishing. I mean, it was opening night. There were some glitches, but yep. it's going to be for even Broadway has yeah. problems like that. I'm not so. ready for the scenes and stuff like that. But what yeah. I was telling Preston before the show was like, this, this is a few clicks above cute, yeah. right? Uh, because it is like kindergarten through like ninth grade. Um, you know, a majority of, of the the um, leads are, uh, you know, 8th, 7th, 8th graders yep. and stuff like that. But it's like I said 300 kids in the production. Are you kidding me? I kid you 300 not. 300 kid cast? Yeah. 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 It, it's it's insane. And so what they're able to do is, is pretty good. I said, I said, this isn't cute. This is actually... Cuterer. It, it's good. Like, yeah. the, like the two little girls that play little Anna and Elsa or Anna and Elsa. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. These guys are so, and they're third graders, and and we're yeah. really, really good. So that's cool. So, yeah. kudos to the production team and your kids. They did great, and uh, there's a shows tonight and tomorrow, right, and Sunday. Uh, yeah. So, show tonight, uh, matinee Saturday, I believe. Matinee Sunday, I believe. If you go to PrestonSteve.com, you can actually find out how to get uh, the tickets and stuff. But I mean, this really is great for for children. Yeah. If you got little kids, take them. They'll love it. Are and Disney, old? Disney, so they they get they they yeah they have to pay for it. It's like three thousand dollars to get. The Otherwise, rights. it'd be prison. <laughs> yeah. Except for the one kid that wouldn't shut up in front of you the whole time. The little brat. Oh, <gasps> that little three-year-old brat. Oh, <laughs> shut up. Stop we it. know it's Anna. We know. I know, no. Why don't His you... daughter is up there. Why don't you shut up? <laughs> Should have strangled him. Uh, oh did it God, make you... So does it make you like the movie better? No. <laughs> <laughs> now, I love honest. the movie. Uh, yeah. So I'm singing along. I know all the words. <laughs> well, all we the think Elsa's the hottest of the, uh, oh, the yeah, Disney the princesses. Disney princess? yeah. yeah, I would agree 100%. But, uh, no, it's... but not for you, Case. Um, no, like, the, the movies, I wish they would have done Tangled on, on stage. That's a, <laughs> clearly a better movie, but, uh, you know. You I, get what you get. I, you get what you get. Okay. All right. Anyway, just wanted to give them a plug. All right, we need to do The Bizarre File. I know. We normally don't do it now. We're doing it now. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre File. Oh, and by the way, we'll do it again in about an hour, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Robin's Diamonds brings you the B-File in uh, tax-free Delaware. Thousands of rings and self-serve cases and absolutely no sales tax versus the 8% tax in Philly. Robin's Delaware Diamonds. Wow. Maybe you guys saw this. A Scottish tourist is suspected to have died in a shark attack after his dismembered hand and wedding ring were found inside oh, of the animal. Oh yeah. God. That's how they identified it, because of the wedding ring. Oh, my God. The 44-year-old man was last seen snorkeling off the French island of Reunion near Madagascar over the weekend. It's believed that he was on a week-long holiday with his wife. His hand, identified by his wedding ring, was found inside a tiger shark, which was caught for research purposes. They weren't even, like, tracking it or anything. Uh, resident Eric uh, Kalakeja uh, said that the man had left his wife for just a few minutes to go for a swim. He said that it's an enclosed area by a reef. There's a very slight passage where it goes deeper into the ocean, but actually it's very well protected by the reef. So it was supposed to be a safe place to swim. Yeah, that was the whole idea of the place. Many helicopters, planes, swimmers, boats went to try and find the guy in the ocean, but they couldn't find him for a few days. Apparently they found a shark a few days ago with his hand 
He said, so we're really not sure how it happened. Did the researcher think the other researcher was proposing to them on the spot? I, oh, was... my God. How he put it on a human hand in the shark. How did you do this? Uh, many beaches on the west coast of the island were well signposted, warning people against swimming because of previous shark attacks. That's there horrible. were also warnings at the airports. Wow. Because the sharks at the airports? No, they, once you get to the beach, oh, the okay. signs at the airport will tell you to watch out when you go to the beach. <laughs> okay, that makes more sense. All right, so Hartford police are investigating a report, and this is disturbing, that remains may have been removed from a Jewish cemetery. Staff maintaining Agudas Achim Cemetery were checking for overturned gravestones Wednesday when they discovered what appeared to be a grave from the 1950s dug up. But it gets weirder than this. The remains from the grave were taken a few days earlier. Now, the grave was found with a, a large hole that was filled with water and two dead chickens floating in it. Huh? Yeah, they have no idea why. They don't have, they have no idea what it means. I'm here to investigate this. <laughs> oh, no, it's Gene Simmons. I'm Gene Simmons from the rock band Kiss. Uh, anything I'll involved, be taking some fingerprints. Any crimes involving chickens, uh, Gene is usually involved Don't in. touch the chickens. Uh, while cemeteries... I guess his chicken is cooked. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I'm going to finger the chicken. <laughs> oh, what? Chicken fingers. Oh, okay. <laughs> finger the chicken. Come on. Huh? While cemeteries in the area have seen vandalism in the past, uh, there's never been an incident like this one, so they, they don't know what's going on. Do they think the chickens did it? They have no idea at this point. Uh, police received a call around 7.15 in the morning Wednesday for a report of a crash. The one on the phone said that she was trapped inside her SUV. When police and firefighters arrived on the scene, they discovered the woman had driven into the back of an open landscaping trailer. <laughs> Huh. Yeah. She couldn't picture. open the doors. There's a pic. She couldn't open the doors. She's a. It's wedged in there. How she did didn't, you do she didn't that? Just pull up yeah. in it. I mean, it got wedged in there, and she couldn't get out. It's hilarious. She told police that her SUV's windshield was foggy, <laughs> and she couldn't see while driving. <laughs> she didn't see the landscaping truck and drove into the back of the trailer. Oh What's God. happening here? Uh, the driver was cited for impeded driving and driving a motor vehicle with an expired registration. Uh, the <laughs> what are the odds that she goes in perfectly? And wedges, because she, she could have easily hit the side of the thing. Yeah, she declined medical treatment at the scene. A tow truck was called to pull the SUV from the trailer. And on this uh, press photo, they black out her license plate because you couldn't identify the car as the one that went through the, uh, right. the landscaping trailer. Wow. Uh, there's something strange that happened with text messages in the U.S. Uh, overnight, a multitude of people received text messages that appear to have originally been sent on or around Valentine's Day of this year. That oh were just gosh. kind of in limbo? And they just came out. Yes, these people never received the text message in the first place. The people who sent the messages had no idea that they had never been received. And they did nothing to attempt to resend them overnight. There were probably like breakups over people who didn't get a Valentine's Day text. I have well, no listen, doubt. Listen, there were a couple of weird things that happened. So delayed messages were sent and received both by iPhones and Android phones. And the messages seem to have been sent and received uh, across all major carriers in the U.S. Many of, of the complaints involved T-Mobile, Sprint, although AT&T and Verizon have been mentioned as well. At fault seems to be a system that multiple cell carriers use for messaging and, messaging and statements. Uh, the statements speak to why the messages weren't uh, were sent last night, but it's still unknown why the messages 
all from Valentine's Day, were from Valentine's Day and weren't sent in the first place. Now, dozens and dozens of people have posted about receiving messages overnight. Most expressed confusion or spoke to the awkwardness of the situation, having been told by friends that they sent a mysterious early morning text message. And a few spoke to much more distressing repercussions of this error. One person said they received a message from an ex-boyfriend who had died. Oh, oh wow. Oh, my God. And another received... He really does love me. ...received messages <sighs> from a best friend who is now dead Jeez. as well. Wait a so minute. how weird would that have been? You wake up and you get a text and it's from somebody you know to be dead. Wait, that's really bizarre that you say that. I'm, I'm looking it up right now, but a friend of mine, her husband passed away years ago, and she just recently posted a picture um, of a, a text that came through that was from his cell phone. I don't know if it was supposedly sent around a Valentine's Day or not. I mean, he's been dead for years. This wasn't. Um, okay. But, but she recently got a text that came from his phone number, and so it popped up as his name on her mm. phone. Yeah, it's pretty weird, isn't it? All right. It's like the Twilight Zone episode where the uh, the phone lines fall down on the, uh, on the grave. On the grave, yeah. Yeah. One last story. A man in China complaining about pain in his ear was found to have cockroaches living inside of his head. Yes. After waking up. What he he described as sharp pain, the man who's been identified as 24-year-old Mr. Liv... Had has has his family members. Uh, they, he had them shine a flashlight into his right ear to see what the cause was. Hey, turn that off. And that's when the family first saw what appeared to be a large cockroach inside his ear canal. You're blinding us. Uh, the man visited an ear, nose, and throat specialist who found more than ten cockroach babies inside. Dear God, that's out of every horror movie. Where I would they just want to die. I mean, in, yeah, just just kill me now. I'm over. Just well, euthanize me. Along with the larger mother, they were already running around inside his ear. So was he hearing? He was hearing them moving around. Obviously, right? He, he felt. And they pain. formed a barbershop oh quartet. Won't you come home, Bill Bailey? Won't you come home? He said that uh, his ear hurt a lot, like something was scratching or crawling inside. It caused a lot. Like of ten cockroaches. Uh, they removed the baby cockroaches and the mother one by one using a pair of tweezers. The man suffered minor injuries to his ear canal and was discharged the same day. And apparently the man had a habit of leaving unfinished food near his bed, which could have attracted the cockroaches. What a dumbass. Oh. And that is what I have for you. Oh. Hello. 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 His beauty mask, Preston, was made out of salami, too. That didn't help. You should refrain from those activities. <laughs> All right, and that's what I have in the beef file. Let's give away some beers. I have a case of, sports uh, activities. case of Yards Brawler, uh, perfect for fall tailgates and impromptu celebrations. You can look for Yards Brawler in the orange case, wherever, you fi- wherever fine beers are sold, including Brewers Outlet 202 in Chad's Ford. Uh, so, caller number 12, we will give you that case of beer, 215-263-WMMR. That is the number. We're going to take a break. We're not done with the guests yet. Mac Hollins of the Philadelphia Eagles is going to be stopping in here in just a moment. We're going to be talking more than football with him. He's got a, and a reading event coming. Yes! Up. He's way into books. And we'll get uh, some of the details on that when we return. Our friends from Lorenzo's and Sons here, thank them so much for the food. And by the way, they, of course, will be at the Camp Out for Hunger and uh, they're right there in Xfinity Live. They're going to be right across the way from us. And uh, to learn more uh, how they're sponsoring the campout, you can visit uh, one of their locations or check out LorenzoAndSons.com. We'll be back in just a moment. The President's 
Steve Show podcast. Wait, turn up the sound. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Uh, our next guest uh, plays football for a living, but he is a, a voracious reader. Yes. And uh, that's mainly what he's here to talk about because he is going to be doing a book reading uh, coming up on Monday at the Shakespeare and Company in Rittenhouse. Please welcome from your Philadelphia Eagles, Mr. Mac Holland. Yeah. Thank, thank, thank you. Appreciate you guys having me. No problem. Nice to see you, Mac. Oh, yeah. It's great to be here. Hey, so let, let me ask you about reading because I I had read. It's books, right? Yeah, those are books. No. <laughs> I'd read that it was uh, uh, you were you were sidelined for a little bit. Yep. You had a little extra time, and you started picking up books then. But have you always kind of read, or did this just now start to become a fascination within the past uh, year? Or so? I was a big time Spark Notes guy. No reading in high school. Oh, I, really? I would like Cliff Notes and yeah, stuff like Cliff that. Notes, yeah, Cliff Notes, Spark Notes. Okay, I, I didn't read. I don't know the last time I read a full book. Yeah. I would just go on the internet and get the summary for the quiz that we probably had that next day. I was the same way in high school. Yeah. I just, I had no interest in it. It just didn't, it, it seemed like work. Right. To me. Yep. And uh, later on in life that changed. But so, so you get to, you, you have some extra time on your hands. And then what, what was the first book you picked up that kind of spoke to you? Um, I actually got a book from one of my teammates, Brandon Brooks. Can I guess? Uh, you can. Fifty Shades of Grey? No. <laughs> not from him. Some of my other teammates met. <laughs> what, what was the pivotal um, book? That it did was it the for? autobiography of Malcolm X. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Um, and a it was of- awesome. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. And then it just, from there, like, every week I was going through a book. Do you stick pretty pr- wow. predominantly with nonfiction? Or do- I'll bounce around. Bounce I'll literally around. be in the facility and... People will see me reading, and I'll say, what do you suggest? Write it on my phone, and then yeah. next time I'll go to Barnes & Noble's, I'll, I'll go get it. That's great, because you, you sample a whole bunch of stuff. It, it is, yeah. to Preston's point, a lot of people do consider, is this like school? The way? But if you find something you enjoy, and you, you sit with it, and uh, do, you do, do you do audiobooks as well? If you I haven't have done the audiobooks yeah. yet. Um, because I don't have a car. Okay. So if I listen to it on my bike while I'm going, it's not <laughs> it's like this. It's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. Well, see, that's where I am now. So uh, I'm with with audiobooks because there's something that happens to me when I read. As much as I love a good story and I love to read, I, when I go through the act of reading, I get drowsy. Yeah. I'm a couple of chapters in and I start to get drowsy yeah. and I've got to set the book down or I need to sleep or something like that. So I started trying audiobooks, which at first I was like, that's not really reading. Um, but then after I, I went through a, a couple of books, I'm like, yeah, it is. This is. I'm, I'm not physically using my eyes to read, but I'm still getting the same story with only one interpretation from the reader. You can use both hands to drink. I can yeah. do that at the same time. Uh, but uh, within the past six months, I've gotten back into books again, and I am so glad that I decided oh, yeah. to do that. Yeah, There's it's been, so it's been awesome great, for me. There's so many great stories out yeah. there. I mean, when I first started, I was like, this is not, this is no fun at all. Like, this takes all day. Yeah. And then after second, third book, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. You kind of get back in the flow of, of doing it, and it's it's a lot of fun. And then when you run into somebody who's read the same book. Now we got something to talk about. That's now, great. now we're buddies. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so to that end, uh, I love when books surprise you, and Malcolm X's autobiography did. Uh, yeah. And I, I remember going into it thinking this is going to be a little heavy. And yep. then uh, there's, uh, I would, it's not a plot twist because it's, it's an autobiography. Right. But his tone changes yep. about three quarters through, yep. and he becomes a very different person. And yep. and to me, that was just this revelation. What, what were your thoughts on that book? Um, it, that was probably the biggest part of the book to me, too, is because when you look out, if you've never read the book, you would think he's like this extremist, I hate all people other than black people. Yeah. 
Um, and what you learn is yeah, like, three quarters through the book, yeah. he, he's open to everybody. He takes that trip to Mecca and he's like, wow, there's white people, there's Asian people, there's Indian people, all types of races all believing in the same thing. It's not like all people hate each other. But nobody, you never really hear about that. No, no, it's depicted quite nicely, actually. In the, in the, I, what I think is Spike Lee's best film is Malcolm X, yeah. and and that, that that whole sequence. I never read. Uh, I, maybe I did. Yeah, in school I probably did. But um, it's um, you know, it's that old uh, that old thing about uh, you know, you 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 got to read the book. You got to read the book. It's yeah. all in the book because there's so much time to do that. Right. So you 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 got into that. What was the first novel or the first uh, fictional book uh, that you got into that just caught your fancy um i mean i read i've read through all the harry potter books um and harry, i never did that no i uh, honestly uh, I harry think we potter's, be best, we're gonna be best friends yeah, yeah. <laughs> harry potter's <laughs> gonna be an entree for a lot of people because a lot you remember you know you when those books would come out i don't know if you remember all the the hype around them yep. but there, there would be there would be like movie lines yep. around the bookstore and it was a communal event oh yeah so uh, and you you loved them yeah the books were all i ended up watching the movies and i was like these movies are not good <laughs> like they're skipping like half the book what's going on yeah, yeah, and i yeah. never understood people said that when i was in high school like no the movie's terrible i'm like the movie's great it's an hour and a half and i don't have to do anything <laughs> right but now i now i get it and yeah. now i'm now i'm that guy right right it's so cool you, so you're, you can knock out a, a decent sized book in a week or so Oh yeah, this bye week I'm on my third book right now. Wow. Yeah. So what Already? do you do? Do you attach the book to the weights or what do you do? <laughs> no, bye week I stay off the I stay off the weights. Okay. Apparently you walk around the Novacare complex like Belle and Beauty and the Beast, just reading <laughs> yeah. books and walking in the walls and stuff. That, not walking in the walls. My peripherals are a little are, are kind of good. I hope. Uh, but yeah, there's usually a book in my hand or or, or the Kindle or something. Well, shoot, now now there there are a lot there, there you you have these subsects now of people who are very uh, strident about uh, their reading habits and some people don't like the Kindle. But because they like the feel of the, yeah. you know, they have to read it at hardcover. People, some people frown upon paperbacks. Do you have any specific likes and dislikes when it comes to reading? Uh, I prefer uh, like a actual book. Okay, um, like the the physical touch of it. Yeah, I, I'll do the Kindle every once in a while. Do you have? Uh, a, are you are you putting together a library at home where you're? you're yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's growing. Yeah. I, I mean, I probably have like 60, 70 books now. Good, uh, good for you. And a year ago, I had. Had none, so it's I, it's getting there. I like that as well. I I, I keep a um, I have a, a bookshelf that's just filled. I, I you know the books that I have finished. I right. put them up there when I'm yep. done, and it's kind of cool to go back and go. Oh, you know what? I knocked those out. Yeah, that's kind of neat. Yeah, it's an accomplishment thing a little bit. Yeah. What is what is one that you're looking up to? Saying okay, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to really invest some time in oh, this one. Um, I, Stephen King's It. I just got. Okay. And it's like the the biggest book I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> have you read any Stephen King? I have not. Okay, I have not. But I just uh, I'm on my third one in a row really? right now. I'm I'm a big King fan. Yeah, yeah I read uh, I just read uh, The Shining and then Doctor Sleep and now I'm on yeah. Firestarter and I'm in that mode and he's right. he's really good. Yeah. Do you know a while but it is a pretty big one to take on. Yeah, when I saw your it, first like, time out. Oh, well, goodness. The Stand is one that they everyone oh, points to as far brilliant. as King as being his his. You know his 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 masterpiece. Really? So that's that's yeah, an elaborate I'll to, one. I have yeah. to check him out. There was one that I never finished uh, uh, called The Dome, and it was literally the heaviest book I've ever had in my life. And it's I, I enjoyed it, but it was about seventeen hundred pages long, yeah. and I just I just bailed on. That one. Yeah. So <laughs> tell me about this Instagram account that we oh, found. Yeah. It's like a it's not your main Instagram account. Yeah. So that's MacBook Mondays. All right, and what do you do? This is so once a month. I'll do like a guessing one, so I'll, I'll dress up as one of the characters, or I'll uh, like from a book, and I'll give whoever my my bookworms or my followers, I'll give them a, a week to to guess what book it is. Uh-huh. Like 
That's a great Gatsby. <laughs> We're looking at the picture right now. Yeah. Great Gatsby is great Gatsby. absolutely, and I, it, it's one of my, perhaps my top five a, favorite books. Is that a wig, or did you dye your hair? That's, that's I got I got this team that does all my artwork in in the hair hair business. There's, there's apps for that. Now. Okay, <laughs> okay, all right. It's a picture of him doing the classic toast yes, that yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio um, did for the for the so film. So the first three people to guess get a copy of the book. And then the first first person to guess will get like I'll send a pair of gloves or something like that. Oh wow! Um, what did then, you think? What did you think of Gatsby? It was good. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, it was I, great. I liked it. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. It's a lot like it. No, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> same thing. Uh, but then every other week I'll just post uh, I, just a just a regular book. Okay. Um, so you're reading classics with contemporary uh, as well. Whatever, yeah, whatever floats your boat. I think I started off with a lot of the classics, just yeah. kind of like Kill a Mockingbird. That um, wonderful. All all those like books that you had to read in high school that I I skipped out on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I I have a list of those. I mean, I went back and read Catcher of the Rye yep. and, and and a yep, couple of classics that. just to just to say you know what it, people are, have made a big deal about these things for yeah. ages. Maybe I should. Yeah, what's the hype about? What it's all yep. about. Yeah. Uh, do you try to have more than one going at a time, or do you stick to one book I, until you I, finish? I'm not at that point where I can go back and forth. I'm okay. one book and. Yeah. I'll, no matter how bad a book it is, I'll finish it. When okay. you're thinking, hey, does, does uh, Malcolm X's biography end with a rabid St. Bernard? Then you know you're reading too many books yeah. at the same yeah, time. Like, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this isn't flowing well. <laughs> All right, so we're looking at uh, we're looking at a couple of the, the pictures that you have. There's one of you in a plaid suit uh, standing in front of a briefcase. Are we still uh, yeah. waiting to this, find this out? Is still, this is still going. Okay, I, this I've is got a new two, one. Two people have guessed it. Okay. And there is... There's one left that I'm I'm waiting on. They have until Saturday. So. Okay, okay. So uh, we'll have to check back. Hopefully, what other ones are guessing ones? Uh, mm. That one with the the hand up. That's a guessing one. Huh? Where you? Let's, let's see if we can go through them. I don't know it. Now, I, now, if you do end up reading Fifty Shades of Grey, I want to see that picture. Uh, <laughs> uh, is who, that? Oh, is this is this uh, Call of the Wild? Into the Wild. Yep. Into the Wild. Into the Wild. Not yep. Call of the Wild. Yeah. I mean, into the Wild. Yes. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, so who who else on the team uh, that do you uh, you know talk books about with, or uh, are there other readers that uh, that you've met? Zach Ertz is actually on on my page. Okay, he, him and his wife both came out with a book, like a children's children's book. Uh, Chase your dreams and focus and finish are uh, those two. There are two books that are going to come out with later, and then right. B Brooks is a is a big dude that I'll I'll talk to about. Um, he's a big reader. Um, Malik. Is a is another big reader. We have, I mean, we have a bunch of guys, which is you wouldn't know until I'm walking around with a book and guys are like, "What are you reading?" And then all yeah. of a sudden, now you're having a conversation. A lot of times, as as fans, and uh, you know, I'm a lifelong Eagles fan. Uh, you almost don't care what you're. <laughs> I mean, it's, right. it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like no, 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 no surface stuff, surface right. stuff. I just want you to catch touchdowns, yep. and that's all I want you yep. to do. You know, don't miss your blocks, blah blah blah. Yep. But like, um, social media has been this wonderful, wonderful thing. I think for. Um, for fans of, of anything, it doesn't just have to be sports, uh, to, to learn a little bit more about, you know, whoever they're fans of. And, right. like, Brandon Brooks, for instance, um, you know, he had suffered with anxiety yep. for a little while. Oh, and yeah. and we, we knew that, um, you know, a few years back. And um, when um, he ruptured his Achilles last year, I was able to follow along with his rehab. Yep. And, um, and and so what he's doing this, this year as a, as a player – I think as a fan, it just means so much more because right. you like you realize how hard he has worked to get to where he is right, right now. You followed that road with him, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I not literally, but you know, I watch. Right. You know, but it's 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 really amazing. And so, what you're able to do with with these books, um, 
you can influence. You, you, you're more than a guy in cleats and shoulder pads and a helmet, right. and and I think you realize that. And if you can sort of influence people to you know expand their horizons, that's awesome. Yeah, I appreciate you, it. What's your favorite genre? Um, I don't really have one. Okay, I mean, I've I've, I've literally bounced around so many. I assume I you get bombarded with suggestions. Oh right? yeah, yeah, I have, a, I, have a, I have a real long list, but <laughs> I think what I'm starting to figure out is kind of the books I I'll go towards, but. You know, I've only been reading what two years. Right, right, right. But I've been, I've enjoyed reading all types of stuff. A lot of people, and it's the kind of thing where they, it's everyone's, oh, yeah, I read, and, yeah. but they don't really because yeah, right. no one wants to say. But it's it's kind of a cool thing. You can jump in at any time. Yeah. I remember when the first books that got me in were all you know the sci fi and 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 then I, I resisted the school books, but then eventually I, I did go back and visit them and yeah. learn why many of them are classics. It's, it's okay to read what is considered a classic and not like it. Yeah, right. you know, sometimes oh, yeah. we go, I, I don't know, why I don't like this. Well, maybe you just don't like it. I right? didn't like Catcher in the Rye. I, I Catcher in the Rye yeah. to me, you really realize that Holden Caulfield is a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then I read nineteen eighty four, and I'm like, this yeah. is brilliant. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, so yeah. There, there are a few. There, there's some in there that not everybody's meant to it's, get. Yeah, yeah it's, no. it's all subject. Yeah. If you like crime novels, I got one for you. It's called The Ketchup Kid. And it's about this kid who loves ketchup. He puts it on everything. Candy, it doesn't matter. Now it's for uh, for fourth graders. Yeah, it's it's for fourth graders. uh, (laughs) Those those count too. I'll tell you, it spoke to me. There's a guy. His name's, uh, he's evil. He's Dr. Disguise. Wow. Um, I don't want to give any more. Well, he goes to yeah. Mecca, yeah. and he, <laughs> when he comes back, he realizes there are other no continents. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't much of a reader. So, <laughs> uh, so the, speaking of reading, so you're you're going to be doing a reading at this yep. event on Monday. Yep. And uh, I know you're doing selections from Shel Silverstein's Where the Sidewalk Ends, yep. which is great. I loved that as a kid growing up. Yeah. And I assume since this is on a Monday, there, this surprise title, you're going to be revealing... Um, I'll reveal an, another one, but it won't be a surprise. It'll be one with the with the book actually in it. All right, okay. Um, okay. that'll be like a regular week. I'll I'll announce what the who the winners were okay. for the the one with the suit and what the book was. Okay. Now, have you done any any public readings before? I, I've done them like for when I was in college, okay. Fred, but nothing connected to MacBook Mondays. Okay. Do you have any desire to perhaps start writing a little bit? Um, not right now. Okay. I used to write. Crazy stories in like second and third grade, right? I uh, like the catch-up kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could have been that guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but it, it, I, maybe one day. I sit back when it, when I do read novels. Uh, I, I'm in awe of what of what authors can do. Oh yeah, how they create this, um, the way they paint pictures in your mind, the the attention to detail, the bizarre um, attributes they can give to characters. It's just it's incredible. Yeah. There are authors like, talented. you ever read any James Michener? No. Michener's stuff, was, it starts so, if it's a story about a guy who opens up a convenience store, you start with the dinosaurs. Okay. And, and then you, you, I mean, you, you, you go all the way. Yeah. You know, it's like these sweeping sagas, but they're amazing. Right. I mean, but that's, you know, uh, but there's so much out there. You know, you know, Oprah got, you know, remember her, her book, her book club, club? yeah. It incited people oh, to, yeah. uh, to start doing that. Now, really, through any computer... If you want the physical book, you can, you know, there's still right. our bookstores and there's, right. you know, actually people forget that Amazon started as a book yeah, delivery just, service to oh, your yeah. home. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And does it, does a club have any appeal to you at all? Getting with a group of people that read the same thing and talking about it? Or? Um, I don't think we're at that level yet. Yeah. You um, and the other, think, the other women sitting there with the wine talking yeah, about Yeah, we can do, it could be Max Book Club. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I think we, our, our conversations are like at the cafeteria table. Yeah. Four yeah. or five minutes. Sure. Um, 
but I don't know of, of anybody like we're all reading the book at the same time, right? And then meet on Saturdays before the game or something, right? Right. Uh, uh, well, listen, it's cool. I think this is great that you that you've embraced this and have started to, and I love what you're doing with the with the 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 titles and it's and great have, and having fun with that. So uh, this event is going to be at Shakespeare and Company in Rittenhouse. Uh, it's on Monday and at five thirty, and uh, people just uh, show up and. Yeah. Meet and come listen to your read. And, and listen to a Mac audiobook. Nice. Oh, I like that. That's awesome. That's right. Yeah, I, I have some suggestions for you. I don't even yeah. know if I want to give them to you because no. you've got so many. I'll no, give you Adam, one right now. List. I think one of my favorite books of all time, I've read it maybe 50 times in my life, uh, is the original I Am Legend by Richard Matheson. I Am Legend. I Am Legend. It's a it's a short book, but it is it's it has horror elements and science fiction elements in it. But it's an amazing story. It's considered a classic. Right. And and I'll suggest. And this is outside of a heavy read. It's a light, easy, fun read. In fact, uh, my, the person who gave it to me called it candy. He's like, you just want to get more of it. <laughs> they made a movie out of it. The movie is nothing like the book. It's called Ready Player One. Oh, I've seen that movie. I've not read the book. The book is so much fun. Really? I've read it okay. three times, and I'll, I'll read it again. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's worth your time. And it's You'll you'll knock it out in a weekend. Okay. Yeah. All right, I got one. If you liked uh, Into the Wild, yeah. uh, Into Thin Air, same writer. Uh, it's about the ascent on Everest in 1996 when a lot of things went wrong. Right. And uh, it, John Krakauer is a great writer, and yeah. so if you liked Into the into the wild, you like this one, and of course you got Ka- uh, uh, Casey's, which is uh, the ketchup the kid. Ketchup ketchup kid. kid yeah. <laughs> or my wife is a voracious reader, and uh, her favorite is the tree grows in Brooklyn. So, and Kathy's right. not here, but her favorite book is How to Get into the Porn Industry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it for dummies or is it just porn for dummies? Yeah, for traffic girls. <laughs> <laughs> For really prissy women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> women who don't like sex. <laughs> it's uh, a page turner. <laughs> listen, uh, Mac, it's great to meet you, man. Thanks oh, for coming I really by this appreciate morning. you guys having me. And good luck with the event. Thank you so much. That's uh, Monday, Shakespeare and Company in Rittenhouse, and that will be at 530 on Monday. Mac's Book Club. Yeah. The Philadelphia Eagles. It's Matt Collins. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us, all right? What's new? Glad you asked. Dirty honey. You know the time has come. So don't let me Shine down. My monsters are real. And that's reality. Ghosts. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. Dave Matthews Band on 93.3 WMMR had to swallow the last bit of Lorenzo's. <laughs> I know I have a, um, I was trying the new multiple cheese. Like the, the cheese steak one or? Uh, what, which one was this? They, they didn't. What's he have there, Joe? Focaccia. Oh, the focaccia special oh, pie. Well, it's excellent. I've not had that yet. Uh, there are some new pizzas. If you haven't had them yet, you need to go to the um, Westchester location of Lorenzo and Sons. But you can try the, the brotherly love pie. Uh, the Nana's Pie, is that how you say that? Nana's Pie? Nana Pia. Nana Pia. Uh, South Street Shuffle, the Focaccia Special Pie, a bunch of great stuff, man. So we thank Lorenzo's and Sons for being here to serve food for us and our guests. We've had plenty of guests today. Uh, they've been around, uh, owned and operated, family owned and operated since 1970. A proud sponsor of the Preston and Steve Camp Out for Hunger. And if you want to learn more, you can visit their locations or go to Lorenzo and Sons. Dot com. So, Casey, we're not doing traffic here? Is Apparently not, no. Okay, we got to get rid of oh, that. Oh, i got to get rid of that thing. Traffic Booyah. bed, if you don't Bomb. mind, sir. 
Uh, so let's do the bizarre file. How about that? Here we go. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents bizarre. Kristen and Steve's bizarre, bizarre file. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, oh, I got to thank our sponsor. The uh, bizarre file is brought to you by Patient First. Another patient first difference, urgent care that's open 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day of the year, 19 Eastern Pennsylvania and South Jersey area medical centers. Learn more at patientfirst.com. This is a horrible story, but strange nonetheless. Search and recovery crews immediately launched uh, when an airman fell out of a C-130 over the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, my God. Approximately four miles south of Hurlburt Field during a jump training scenario. Yeah, this is really, this is messed up. Uh, the incident is ongoing and under investigation. I got this story last night. I haven't seen any updates this morning. Maybe there are. I'm not sure. The airman has not been identified. Uh, the airman departed the aircraft, making an unintentional water landing over the Gulf of Mexico uh, during a planned static line jump as part of a training event. Rescue teams are searching between Fort Walton and Pensacola Beach. A staff sergeant was training when he fell out of the C-130 1,500 feet over the Gulf. Uh, The Coast Guard is asking for anybody who may have seen something around that time that the airman went missing to call the Coast Guard station. That's terrible. So I'm curious as to what what went wrong there. All right, different, uh, completely different, a little uh, better story. Uh, it hadn't been the best deer season for a woman named Bertha Vickers of Morgantown. Uh, Bertha had opportunities to harvest a deer on three occasions from a blind that relatives built for her, but she didn't get the kill shot for any of them. She was uh, happy with the blind in this location, but not with her two forty three caliber rifle. She said, one of the boys bought me another gun. They bought me another gun. I'd seen the gun shoot and knew that it would hit, but again, she had trouble. She wasn't able to cock the gun, so she gave it to her granddaughter who cocked it and then shot the deer. But her luck changed a few days later after her birthday. Vickers celebrated turning 101 and was back in her hunting blind hoping for a chance to harvest a deer. I went to the zoo. This time. (laughs) I got a whole bunch that can't even run. Uh, this time she was ready. I killed a rhino. But listen to what she did. So she was featured in the Clarion Ledger last year when she harvested a deer a couple of weeks before she celebrated her 100th birthday. She didn't understand what the fuss was all about. But after missing four this season, Vickers was determined to bag a deer. And when one came into view from her position in the blind, she decided to watch and wait. She said, I decided to wait for a bigger one. Before long, a bigger doe came along and I shot. And then I saw... Two deer on the ground. She shot two at the same time. I killed two of them and the, the hunter behind them. She, no, she said <laughs> She said it shot plumb through both of them. Uh, they both dropped right there. They didn't take another step. I knew it was back there, but I didn't realize Hot it damn. was that close to her. <laughs> Blew their heads right off. You could hear them screaming. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And I guess I clipped an artery because the blood was spraying all over the place. I went down and got naked and danced in it. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, the hunt was monumental for Vickers, and it was her first successful deer hunt as a 101-year-old. And although completely by accident, it was the first time she'd bagged two deer in one shot. Uh, the hunter didn't... The hunt, I, I guess that happens occasionally, right? Yeah, it didn't end there for Vickers. Uh, she took part in the cleaning process and shared the meat with family. Uh, she said, so her dancing in the blood is not too far no, off. Right. 
I bathed in it. I drank it. Says, uh, my grandson. And I ate, tore the heart out with my hands and digested it. She said, my grandson skins them for me, so I don't have to fool with that. He's a little touched. Uh, <laughs> said, I cut up what I wanted. I made steaks, but I gave most of it to my grandchildren because I don't need a lot. Sounds like a hearty old woman. Yep. Steve, I'm looking at a photo of her. She's wearing a Batman hat. There you go. Oh, my God, He's she the is. dark knight. <laughs> That's right. Looking forward to the new Matt Reeves movie. <laughs> uh, okay, this is messed up. An elderly Hawaiian man died after falling into a 22 feet deep lava tube Jeez. in his yard. What? Yeah, lava tubes are natural underground channels that allow lava to pass beneath the surface of a lava flow, sometimes miles from the Get eruption. Get out of that lava tube. We're going deer hunting. <laughs> <laughs> from an eruption site. After the lava drains away, it can leave behind massive caves under the earth. Uh, police arrived at the elderly man's home in response to reports that he had not been seen or heard from for several days. So this is what, instead of sinkholes, this is what they deal with. Yeah, police found that he had fallen through a soft area of ground into a lava tube on his property. Help, i fallen into a lava tube and I can't get up. The victim appeared to be trimming some branches in his yard before the incident occurred. Your time is up when you when that happens. Yeah. Know. It's horrific. The Hawaii Fire Department rescue team was able to repel deep into the tube and retrieve the man's body. The police statement also said that the victim's identity is being withheld until they get a hold of the, the next of kin. An autopsy conducted on Tuesday found the victim died as a result of injuries consistent with falling, thank God. Could you imagine he goes down in there and gets stuck and then... Oh, yeah, and then, like, starves to death, to death yeah, yeah, yeah. or something along those lines. So it was the fall that killed him. So these death. are obviously, as you said, post-lava. Yeah. But still, I wonder if they ever... Break away, and there's still some lava. Yeah, in there. still hot lava down there. But I love that the old woman showed up and she's yelling down in. Get out of that lava tube! We're going deer hunting. Can you hear me? Ah, he's all dead. Uh, he's all dead. <laughs> we'll just go without him. Darn fool! All right, and then one last story. This is kind of fun. The University of Alaska's Anchorage campus. By the way, we're going from Hawaii to Alaska. Wow. Uh, All the newest states. As an annual tradition that serves a unique role in combating student hunger. Once a year, anyone with unpaid parking fines will be able to cut down or even cover the cost of their ticket by donating peanut butter and jelly. Wow. To who? To the, the campus, to the, uh, yeah, instead of paying an on-air, uh, uh, it's a campus What, fine. do they put in an envelope? Uh, the food goes to the university's emergency food oh, cash. Oh, okay, all right. Which provides food to students who face hunger on a regular basis. The drive typically runs for a couple of weeks this year through a partnership with on-campus dining facilities. Week two will focus on collecting canned soup for the emergency cash program. Parking fees can be offset by different amounts depending on the size of any donation, but there is a limit to how far you can spread that peanut butter. Uh, parking services capped the number of PB&J payments as two citations per individual. Two 16-ounce jars will be good for a $10 credit. Three jars will cover a $35 citation, and five jars will cover a $60 ticket. I don't know about you guys, but in my short time in college, I got a load of on-campus parking tickets. Did you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and because the campus cops were... Uh, Our campus cops were, were ruthless. They were boot crazy. Yeah. You know, they, so oh, they would... Really? They would uh, you would... So you, you you just wouldn't do it. You wouldn't park illegally because they would be on. Those boots would go on so quickly, they wouldn't even wait to see if someone was walking back to the car. Wow. All right, and there you go. That is your bizarre file for now. 
Uh, let's take a break. Let's come back in a moment. Let's test you on your Preston and Steve knowledge. See if you've been uh, paying attention this morning or not to the program because we'll do a lesson question. And uh, we'll also have the trash and music news on the way shortly. So stay with us. We'll return in just a moment. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the Rock Shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Schism from Tool on 93.3 WMMR. You know they're going to use that as the new theme for the reboot of Mad About You. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Well, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a proven song. People really love that is. song. Uh, by the way, that band is coming to town on November 18th, which will be here before you know it. We have tickets for that sold-out show to go along with tickets uh, to the Struts, December 28th, a sold-out show at the Fillmore. And Greta Van Fleet, a sold-out show, December 29th at the Met. And that will be our Letter of the Day, Word of the Week prize in just a few minutes. And we also have a Tool weekend taking place here at MMR. You want to listen all weekend because we've got more tickets for the sold-out show. Uh, And it says here, let me see. Uh, I want to make sure I get this information correct. It says Jackson will have... No, that's for next week. He's going to have another chance for you to win next week. But just stay close this weekend because we're going to be playing Tool every hour to get you ready for the show. If you need the details, we've got them available for you at WMMR.com. So Tool weekend starting today. Uh, Today's lesson question, prize-wise... Going to give away a pair of tickets as MMR rocks Sturgill Simpson. This show will be March 14th at the Met. And the question, yeah, let's go early for this one. Joanne Rogers, Mr. Rogers' widow, originally wanted which actor to play her late husband? 215-263-WMMR. It's a very specified uh, part of the film industry. But Joanne Rogers, Mr. Rogers' widow, originally wanted which actor to play her late husband. Obviously, Tom Hanks is going to be playing, but she wanted somebody else. 215-263-WMMR. If you were listening, you ought to know, and you should give us a call because you just might win. We're going to do the trash while you're calling in. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. And it's brought to you by Worldwide Stereo's 40th anniversary mega sale. Three days, two locations, one crazy sale. And that's in stores only, November 8th, 9th, and 10th at the Montgomeryville and Ardmore stores. The biggest sale in 40 years. Details at WorldwideStereo.com. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, Whitney Houston's longtime pal, Robin Crawford, claiming she had a physical relationship with the legendary singer. Crawford says Houston never considered herself a lesbian, preferring to think of a vagina as an innie penis. Oh, Oh, my God. Tristan Thompson has reportedly been uh, flirting up a storm with Khloe Kardashian in hopes of wooing her back. Thompson says he knows he made a mistake. A mistake 23 times with 16 different women. (laughs) And finally, reality star, TV star, Brielle Bierman, showing off her outlandishly plumped up lips as part of a rollout for her her own Kylie-esque lip kit line. Beerman debuted a video on Instagram putting her lips to the test by going down on the Washington Monument. Oh. Wow. <laughs> That's your Hollywood trip. All righty. We shall see if we have somebody who's been uh, listening this morning, knows the answer to this question, and it is uh, Joanne Rogers, Miss, Mr. Rogers' widow, originally wanted which actor to play her husband, and I will go to Aaron to see if he knows the answer. Hey, Aaron, how you doing? 
good. How are you? Good. All right. So who did Mrs. Rogers want to play Mr. Rogers? That would be the one and only Peter North. Peter North. That is correct. Hang on, Aaron. <laughs> hey there, neighbor. <laughs> oh, my God. We found a picture of uh, Peter that's on our monitor here in the studio. And the business end is below the uh, screen line. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, Aaron, hang on because we are going to give you tickets to see uh, Sturgill Simpson produced by The Bowery Presents. A good-looking tour March 14th at the Met Philly and tickets are on sale today at uh, 15 minutes ago. And uh, you can go to SturgillSimpson.com. Complete details at WMMR.com. All right, we're going to get into music news now. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. All right, uh, let's start with this. Deets and Watson, our sponsor, the official deli meat, cheese, franks, and sausages of the Eagles. Start your pregame with their fan favorite, 100% All Beef Franks. Ozzy Osbourne has released his first new song in nine years. It is called Under the Graveyard. The track is the first single from his upcoming album Ordinary Man, which is due out in early 2020. Ozzy said about the project, this album was a gift from my higher power. It is proof to me that you should never give up. Uh, He collaborated on the album with producer Andrew Watt, who recently oversaw the sessions for the new Post Malone song. Which is pretty good. Which is is. called uh, Take What You Want, on which Ozzy contributed guest vocals. Uh, That led to Ozzy and Watt working together on Ozzy's 12th solo LP and first since 2010's Scream. Speaking of that Post Malone song, I saw a clip of him live uh, singing. uh, and uh, (laughs) Yeah, because... It's Ozzy's part is recorded, obviously, and it rolls, and then Post goes into his version. And it's weird because Ozzy's is just straight-ahead recorded, and then Post, even though he's live, has auto-tune on his voice. Is that right? Sounds very weird. Yeah. Yeah, sounds very weird. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, Ozzy's song, I mean, he hasn't written a song in a long time, but... um, Space People was the last one. It was... Was was it? Yeah. That was a long time ago. Yeah. his new song doesn't sound very original, if okay. you want to hear it. Under the boardwalk, we'll be having some fun. Under the boardwalk. Anyway. That was I enjoyed hilarious. it. Thank you I very much. <laughs> That's a long for the ride on that Thank one. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> I'll never it. forget when the joke first started. <laughs> we were all sitting there waiting. I liked it. The joke I would have gone with Under the Sea. Well. Under, under the Sea. <laughs> yeah, but there's... The, <laughs> Right? Syllabically <laughs> speaking, is sal- I don't know if that's a word. Syllabically. Yeah. Is that a word? I don't know. Oh, All right, I'm, I'm going to the judges Casey on this one. Syllabically. <laughs> Under the boardwalk makes more sense. Under the graveyard. Of course it does. Yes. Yeah. Un- right. Oh, see. I didn't it even... would have worked way better. I didn't even put the two together. Had we not gone into the Post Malone stuff? I was waiting for it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's In comedy, it's a matter of seconds. It really is. Timing. Yeah. Com- comedy is timing, right? Between a comedy and tragedy. <laughs> Tommy, hey, Tommy uh, is Kymie. Shut up. All right. <laughs> Tommy is Kymie. Yeah. In addition to uh, Andrew Watt, the producer on guitars, the LP also features Duff McKagan. Huh. Uh, he's playing bass, and Chad Smith is on drums. So he got some nice pretty, collection. Pretty cool people to play along with. Yeah. Uh, Tool was just mentioning them and the fact that it's Tool Weekend here on MMR. They are going to be maintaining the same no phones or photos policy. 
that Maynard James Maynard James Keenan proclaimed in his <laughs> shut up 2017 <laughs> in 2017 when he was touring with the Perfect Circle. Ticket holders for Tool's recent show in Cleveland received a pre-show email warning them against snapping pictures and posting them. And it read, we respectfully request that you please watch and listen to the show, not your phone. You will be ejected from the show without the opportunity to return and without a refund if you violate this simple request and elect to take photos during the performance. In the event of a personal emergency, phone use may occur on the concourse away from the performance area. Signs bearing similar warnings were posted at every possible uh, spot at the venue and printed on tickets as well. More than 60 people were ejected from a Perfect Circle show in Reading uh, in November of 2017 for disobeying the edict. Why do I have a feeling those numbers will skip up dramatically for the Tool shows? Um... I don't know. If the word gets out, we'll have to see. It's uh, been so long, though, since people have seen them. Yeah. You know? I, but that makes me think that they might be even more... Reticent to pull out the cameras? Yeah, so they yeah. can finish seeing the show. Can you bring a landline? Uh, Keenan yeah. himself acknowledged the rule during that show, saying uh, he told the audience that they were, quote, up to par, and he actually had security stand down so fans could check their email at one point, but... I kind of see, you know, why a little bit. If you're an artist and you you see people on their phones watching, I, whenever I go, I've taken my kids to shows, I've taken friends to shows, and at some point, if I see them for a long time with the camera up, I'm like, put it down, yeah, mm-hmm. watch the show, live in the moment, live in this moment right now. What so. is the policy at Saint shows? Uh, you with know, the audience. Do you have that same sort of restriction? Yeah, we'd prefer you you sit back and, and take in what? the magic. <laughs> about the art, man. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Saint has requested the use of no cell phones, iPads, landlines, electric shavers, and dildos. Yeah! Now enjoy the show! By the way, we're playing Friday a week from today yeah. at Chaps in Eagleville or uh, West Norton, that area. I just found out a good contingent of the West Norton Police Department are going to hey! be there, nice. which is cool. Can I get a uh, like a special booth? I want a Lincoln sort of setup up to the... Uh, oh, yeah. you want to be in the... Uh, uh, the box seats. Yeah, yeah. sure. The, in the, the uh, balcony. Right. We'll put you up there. You want bottle service? Uh, I would like that. Steve is coming out for that show, by the way, <laughs> folks. So come and, uh, come, and, come and watch Steve watch my show. Come for the music. Stay for the Steve. Mm-hmm. By the way, that is Steve doing that, yeah. <laughs> did you pitch your voice up or did you do no, that? No, I just did that, yeah. Really? Yeah! <laughs> Saint, next Friday. Come and join us at uh, Chaps. We're going to be raising money for that Camp Out for Hunger, by the way. We're, in fact, our our pay that night, we're going to donate to the Camp wow. Out for Hunger. Yep. Well, that's very nice. The Pretty Reckless have apparently been working on their fourth studio album at London Bridge Studios in Seattle and have enlisted Pearl Jam and Soundgarden drummer Matt Cameron to be involved in some capacity. Wow. Uh, Taylor Momsen posted a photo with Cameron on her Instagram writing, wait till you hear this, and calling the drummer incomparable. Uh, LOL. A few days prior... Uh, she posted a photo of a switchboard with the caption that said, Big Things in the Works. Uh, it is not clear if Cameron is playing on the album or possibly involved as a producer. Uh, Momsen is a longtime Soundgarden fan and sang with the surviving members of the band at the Chris Cornell Tribute concert back in January. The Pretty Reckless was actually the opening act for Soundgarden. 
on the Spring 2017 tour that ended with uh, Chris's death. And the first play- show that they played after that was the MMRBQ. Yep. It was very emotional, too. She did a... Uh... She did a wonderful cover too, and was very they, emotional. They did like a stone, if I yeah. if I recall. And afterwards, she ran off stage crying. It, it affected her that strongly. So I, I mean, he had just died. So I can totally understand that. And then one last story: uh, Rick Ocasek cut his estranged wife, supermodel Paulina Porskova, out of his will only weeks before his September fifteenth death. The 75-year-old Cars leader died of natural causes at the couple's New York City home, which they still share. Porskova, who had discovered Okasik's body, met the guitarist when she was 18 years old in the set of the Cars' 1984 video for Drive. The couple then was married in 1989, the year after the group broke up. They remained married until Okasik's death, although they had separated in 2017. Now, he had cut the mother of his two children out of his will... Dated August 28th, reportedly stating in the document, I have made no provisions for my wife, Paulina Poroskova, as we are in the process of divorcing. Even if I should die before our divorce is final, Paulina is not entitled to any elective share because she has abandoned me. That's pretty heavy duty. So, So abandon him at his time of illness, or did he... I don't know what it means. Because I, we were unaware that he was not in good health, so I don't know yeah. what the story was. What is my understanding that she actually stepped up towards the end and was taking care of him. And after he died, I saw an interview where she had nothing but, you know, wonderful things to say about him. So. Now she's taking that back. Maybe. Can I come back in? According to page six, uh, which printed a portion of the will, it said a filing listed with the document list so Cassick's assets to include... $5 million in copyrights, but just $100,000 in tangible personal property and $15,000 in cash. So not nearly what you would expect somebody of his success to huh. have. So, yeah, I don't know what the story is. And uh, that's it. That's what I have in music news for you. Yes, Casey. Hey, can I bring something up? Um, there is a There's a guy that I know. His name's Mark Nikoloff. He's a good guy. Uh, I've met him a bunch of times. Worldly known? A, wor- I don't know if he's a worldly known good guy, but he's a locally known good guy. All right. Um, and um, I play... Uh, he's, locally known good guy. <laughs> step down. But yeah, I like step that. down. But yeah. uh, just to raise him up a little bit, he's really good at Words with Friends. Uh, he is, he made me aware of uh, this beef and beer that's going on uh, tomorrow night. For, uh, it starts at 6 o'clock. It's fourth annual beef and beer, um, and it is for uh, medial syndrome. Uh, it's a very rare disease, and so I'm, you know, I told him I'd give him a, a – I guess this is a butt plug, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, so the event is going on tomorrow uh, at the Magnolia Community Recreation Center. That's in Magnolia, New Jersey on Brook Avenue. Uh, tickets are 35 bucks. food, drinks, raffles, DJs, and a whole lot more, but it starts at 6 p.m. I think some of the girls that work at Lorenzo's don't listen to our show because <laughs> I don't think they've ever heard the term butt plug used <laughs> for a charity event, yeah. as I noticed on the facial expression right over See here. See what you guys are missing out on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Welcome to our studio. we got butt plugs all over the place on this show. We may not have the Taylor Swift, but we got the butt plugs. Mm-hmm. And with that, we are going to take a break. When we get back, we will give away the Word of the Week prize with one Mr. Pierre Robert. So do not miss your opportunity to win those concert tickets. We shall be back in a second. Stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. 
Live on 93.3 WMMR. It's everything that rocks all over you. Hey, we were just talking Peter about North. Peter North. <laughs> <laughs> I guess oh uh, we're all on the same page here. Uh, 10.36. <laughs> we're about ready to wrap up. We need to get him uh, on the show at this point. Today's program. I, you know, I wonder what that would be like. Get him on. Well, we've, had, we've had male porn stars on before. Absolutely. Get, he's sort of a ledger. We get him on with yeah. uh, Rupert Holmes. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rupert Holmes. The penis colada. The penis colada. Oh, my God. Uh, listen, uh, I'm glad we had a, a studio full of uh, listeners here this morning because they were here for a really good one today. Today was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had uh, we had some cool people on the program. We had some great food. We gave some good stuff away, and uh, yeah, that's what I uh, that's kind of show I really dig. So let me start by thanking Kevin freaking Smith. Yeah. Kevin hung out for, I don't know, a couple hours, however long it was, and uh, we just talked and talked about all things uh, Jay and Silent Bob, the reboot movie, uh, and uh, comics and filmmaking and friends and all kinds of things, man. It's wonderful. I mean, yep. you know, he's he, I, I, he's, a, he's a friend of the show, and the fact that he came in, what do you say, he wrapped up around 3 o'clock last night or yeah. whatever the yeah. hell is? Oh, yeah. 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 I got an email from our, our buddy Craig Lagans, who does the uh, podcast, the uh, comic book gurus, and he went to that last night, saw the movie, said, and he used the word tremendous, and he said it's the best thing he's ever seen Kevin Smith Done, and I, I trust his opinion. So I handed uh, uh, Kevin uh, Craig's uh, cards, business cards they do with the comic book gurus, and and uh, mentioned him to Kevin, and I think they they might be able to hook up and do something with uh, their podcast. Yeah, Kev had a great time on our show. He went back to his hotel to I guess pick up Jay, and uh, he tweeted this out because I, I hate this stuff. The picture of this guy says, "Guy stalks me at my Philly hotel with multiple copies of pictures, which is an indicator that it's an autograph reseller, not a fan." So I said I'd sign one of each. He didn't like that in Grouse's that I uh, screwed, you know, uh, unquote, screwed him and other sellers by not signing at 2 a.m. last night. So he stopped signing, and then he called him and Jay a bunch of, like, a-holes. And I'm like, oh, you know, and then he's got a picture of this guy. I'm like, ah, oh, I can't stand. Yeah. It, Why'd it, you uh, do that in our town? Yes! Come on. I mean, but Kevin's smarter than that. He knows, yeah. he knows that those... People like that are all over the place, but mm-hmm. anyway, that sucks. I can't stand people that do that. But he's so nice to his fans. He yeah, is. he is. Yeah. But he knows he's been yeah. there. Yep. He gets it. Uh, and you know who's great? Mac Hollins of yeah. the Eagles, <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles. Stop by. He is a he's a bookworm, and he is doing a book reading at Shakespeare and Company, Rittenhouse Square, on Monday. And that will be at 5.30. Super nice guy. Loves to read. Loves to turn people on to reading as well. thought that was really cool. Thank you to Lorenzo's and yeah. Sons. I love the new menu item. I do, too. <clears throat> and uh, Lorenzo's and Sons are, uh, well, they got a few locations, including the new one at Xfinity Live. Yes. And we're going to be right there next door to them at the camp. Thank God. That's I awesome. Know. I agree. Uh, so you can also check their uh, locations in the Wells Fargo Center and on High Street in Westchester, and uh, they're just the best. You can go to LorenzoAndSons.com for all the information needed, and they're going to be helping sponsor uh, the uh, the Camp Out for Hunger, and they always support uh, WMMR, and so we're uh, grateful for that. Ladies and gentlemen, Pierre Robert yeah. is here. Good day. Your public greets you, sir. Ah, that's so nice. How you doing? Uh, those pies are the size of the face of Big Ben. Yes. I mean, I uh, the pie boxes. I've never seen a pizza pie box like that ever. 
Anyway. Well, they're, they're custom made. They're actually yep. having to get, we were just talking about this, custom plates to accommodate the custom slices slices from the custom pies. Well, yeah, because you go, you know, to South Street and they'll give you two paper plates yep. for each slice. Yep. You'll need at least two. Absolutely. And it, and I do believe it's true, the gentleman that owns it, and I, I can't remember his name. Well, it's Giuseppe right over there. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Don't hate me. I've met you several times, but I didn't remember your name. Oh, wait a minute. I had remembered your name. It's Giuseppe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. I nailed it. Nailed it. I, <laughs> all right. Anyway. It, oh, so yeah. I got to ask you, is it true that you fired someone when they had changed the station? You, you got yes. c- Come on. You got to talk on that Okay. One. All right. Just for a minute. I mean, this is th- probably against the law, but I won't tell anyone. Um, but so what happened? What happened? Because I, yeah. I, I didn't know if this was the stuff of myth or if this had really actually happened. No, it really happened. So what happened? Uh, so uh, I was going to the bank, make a deposit, and I left the store. So when I was coming back, I automatically hear the radio because 933 is playing in the store all the time. And right next to the radio, it says specifically, 933 only is being played here. <laughs> so when I walked in, uh, the radio station 96.5 was at the hip-hop station back then, years ago. <laughs> yeah. So as I was walking in, I just heard that music was, wasn't what we were playing at South Street at that time. It was just supposed to be 933. So I looked over, and I'm like, did you... Did you change the radio? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, I'll be right back. So I went downstairs. I grabbed an apron. I came back up. I put the apron on. I'm like, you're free to go. Ah, <laughs> oh, my God. And he didn't believe him. I'm like, you're fired. And that that young man's name was Bill Weston. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, true story. I, yeah. That is priceless. Uh, yeah. I have told it before, and sometimes you tell a story, and you wonder if it's become like an you know urban myth, if it's really accurate, and it's really accurate, right, from the and pizza mouth. In the new uh the new X Infinity Live, you have the MMR uh, logos I have it up there, made right? On a custom uh, pizza peel, so it says nine three three rocks. Wow, oh, and it's hanging that. right inside Xfinity Live. Uh, because in the South Street store, there's a big uh, poster that we all signed that you had framed, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about the Westchester store, but uh, I'm I'm completely happy with what you've done. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate the support, Giuseppe. Yes, yes. yes. Jos- yes. Uh, Giuseppe. Is it Giuseppe? Giuseppe. 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 We call him Joe. Joe. Yeah. His dad, Lorenzo, lives across the street from me. The guy, wow. the guy who started the whole thing. The, the guy whose image is on the wall. Of, is that him? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Giuseppe. Yeah. I knew it. <laughs> yes, you did. You know that's family inside and out. It's clear. I am a master uh, yeah. of names, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Jim. Uh, shall uh, we do the letter? Yo, Bo, Presbo. Yo, Bo. All right. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter... A as in animal. All right, and that means we need a caller. Let's take caller number six at 215-263-WMMR. You get a shot at giving us the word, and maybe you win the prize. Let's find out in just a moment or two. Um, it's Friday. I'm sure you got some cool stuff planned. Quite a day. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, workforce blocks of Journey and the Pretenders, and we have uh, another pair of tickets to give away for Journey and the Pretenders coming next August to Camden. And uh, a gigantic huh. block of Elton John, because tonight and tomorrow are his uh, theoretical farewell shows uh, in Philadelphia on his um, 10-year-long farewell tour, uh, which is about four years into it um, <laughs> now. And um, But no, actually, because he was here about a year ago, right about, I think, October or November of last year for two shows. 
And uh, I thought that that would be, you know, theoretically, the you have to take every farewell tour with a not grain only of salt, a, a yeah. pound of salt, yeah. Um, because uh, and then all of a sudden, well, he's coming back to continue the farewell a year later, and so you know, and I'm thrilled to have him. He's amazing, and to see that show is quite something special. So we're going to do a big block of Elton uh, and Vinyl Cut and all the other stuff. I love it. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, we will go to the phones. Look for a winner, and it is, uh, caller number six is Willie. Hey, Willie. Hey, Prince Bo. Yo. <laughs> All right, Willie, you got a word for us? I do. Manna. Pina colada. Yes. Manna is absolutely correct, and Willie, we have got some concert tickets for you, my man. We are going to send you to see three sold-out shows. Tool on November 18th at the Wells Fargo Center. The Struts on December 28th at the Fillmore. Greta Van Fleet uh, December 29th at the Met. And I was just told this sold-out show at Lincoln Financial Field, Rupert Holmes. Oh! <laughs> yeah, it's... Who knew that the wow. fandom was still there? But I've started a trend. Yeah, I've brought him back. Uh, no, actually, uh, Willie, we have those concert tickets for you. So, congratulations, my man. Thank you, thank you, guys. Rock. All right, buddy. Hang on. Have a good weekend. And uh, keep in mind, it is a Tool weekend. We just gave away those tickets for the sold out show. There's going to be more all weekend long. I picked Mana, by the way, as the word because the pie in the sky is going, and it's uh, going to the end of uh, through November 22nd. They've fed all these people over the years 14 million meals in their nearly 30 year history. And you can still order pies at uh, manapies.org. That's mana, M-A-N-N-A, pies.org. They've got amazing pies. You buy I order them. them every year. I, yeah, yeah, I do, too. I'm sure they're going to be in at some point. They always come in and Yeah, eat. we do our yearly yeah. visit with them. And they bring and little samples. They yeah. bring samples, yeah. and yeah. they don't last long, those samples. Well, I, yeah. Last year, Pierre, I did like, I ordered like five, six pies. Excellent. Because you, you, you give them away, and then yep. they're, they're just, they, listen, you're not going to make a better pie than what they're making. So exactly good. right. All right. Yep. All right, cool, man. Uh, let me thank our sponsors. Preston and Steve Show has been brought to you today by Chorus Photography, the official photographer of the Preston and Steve Show, uh, and also by Meineke, America's choice for auto repair. Case, you wanted to mention something. Yes, I actually I have a gig tomorrow. Um, Pre- uh, Steve, you are uh, very familiar with the Providence Animal Shelter. Love them. So I am going to be working an event with them at Rafferty Subaru. So Rafferty Subaru does a whole bunch of community events, and they work very, very closely with the Providence Animal Shelter. So I'm going to actually be at Rafferty Subaru with Providence Animal Shelter uh, Animal Center, actually. Tomorrow, I'll be there from 11 to 1, but the event's going on pretty much all afternoon. And if you go there, you can adopt a pet. And if they do, and if you do adopt a pet tomorrow at Rafferty, they're going to waive your adoption fees. Excellent. Wow. So. And tomorrow, I am going to be the Philly Pops at the Kimmel Center are doing the Beatles, Abbey <sighs> Road. I will be there. Now, I'm a big Beatles fan. Yes. But I'm going to be joined by the biggest Beatles fan I have ever met, Mr. Andre Gardner. Of our sister station, WMGK. And before... Uh, the show starts. We're going to be out in the. Lo- I think we're going to be in the lobby, but we're going to do a um, a discussion about the album. And oh. yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. I- and then I get to conduct the orchestra to uh, do it again. Yeah, Very yeah, cool. You're going to do the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. I saw him do it before. Preston was amazing. Oh. Uh, but those fun. Th- get there early if you're going because uh, they set up a little side stage in the lobby, and uh, you go up on stage, and they have a moderator, and you talk about the record. And uh, I've done a few of them before. They're great fun. And me and Andre will be doing that. It's very cool. Next week on the program, Daniel Roebuck in. 
studio. Dan Aykroyd will be on the show. Uh, WWE superstar is Sammy Zaya and... Zane and... Zane and... Shinsuke Nakamura. There you go. And uh, our buddy Kate Flannery, who unfortunately got kicked off of Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. But we love her to death. That's it. We are done. Rage on. And have a great weekend, gang. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. The Preston and Steve love you. Hate you. Live. My boss seems like a nice guy. It turns out he's a douche. I hope he has some problems the next time that he poops. Next message. Well, it's Friday, motherfucker. Oh, it tastes like margaritas to me. Time to mix up some dirt, bitches. Let's go. Next message. Get a waffle. Who says Pierre, stop saying gymnasium. F*** you. Pierre is a thing. And a hero amongst men. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.